a theory uh, for you to disregard <laughs> completely. Uh, music. Yeah, true music. Uh, not just rock and roll. It chooses you. You know, it lives in your car or, or alone, listening to your headphones you know, with the vast scenic bridges and angelic choirs in your brain. You know, it's a place apart from the vast, benign lap of America. Did you know that the letter by the box tops was a minute and 58 seconds long? It means nothing. Nil. But it takes them less than two minutes to accomplish what Jethro Tull takes hours to not accomplish. You see, that this is fatuous, pseudo-belover. You know, I mean, which is fine, but voice it off his art, you know, or the doors. Or Jim Morrison? He's a drunken buffoon, posing as a poet. I like the doors. Ah, uh, give me the guess who. Come on, they got the courage to be drunken buffoons, which makes them poetic. It's quite an honor to have the world's greatest rock critic yes. and editor of Cream Magazine no. back home in San Diego for a few days. Lester Bangs. Live American woman. Have you ever the most brilliant piece of gobbledygook ever? Uh, give me some white light, white heat. Iggy Pop! Amen! Uh, I just put this on. This isn't on your playlist either. I think it's a little bit early for that. Not for me. Okay, well, that was Lester Bang. This is Alice Gleason, and here's Iggy Pop. Seven minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 of this, the month of January, in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 to talk of this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us today. It's 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 970. It is Friday, and welcome to Day 12. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, uh, coming to you from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. If you'd like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, kvitches, ruminations, ponderings, musings, observations of an insidious or invidious nature, uh, you can do that right here at this phone uh, number. It's 503-733-2970. It's a magical box in which you type 10 numbers, connecting you through a series of wires and tubes to us. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Here's what I almost started. That was almost famous right now. We just uh, played. Here's what I almost started today's program with. 
There's a thing that's going around the uh, Intertron today, and if you haven't seen it already, you will within like five minutes. It's just one of those things. Within the, within the space of just like a day, goes from never having been seen by anybody to having been seen by everyone. It is a television broadcast from San Francisco television station KRON from 1981, in which they're talking about how, through the magic of science and technology, tomorrow is today. And they're talking about how newspapers are deciding to put all their content online for free. So this is in 1981, and I think they are profiling the San Francisco Chronicle and the Examiner. Also, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, which I think just filed for bankruptcy last week. So it really is uh, its pretty great. I might actually play the audio from it later. Anyway, so you'll probably get that in your inbox, like within, you know, before I'm done talking, before the sentence is even done. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, Richie Bristol, not really standing by, not really ready, willing, or able at this moment at all. Really more of just a slumped forward and covered in a sheen of viscous sweat. And wearing a straw hat. Okay. It's, uh, anyway, it's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to uh, join us and so forth. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am or Richie with a T at 970.am. What that means, ladies and germs, is that uh, your phone calls in the first segment of today's uh, program will be unscreened. I mean, you don't even really have to be able to speak English. You could, I, you don't have to be literate in any language at all. All you have to be able to do, you might not even be trying to call me. You might have just, uh, you might be one digit off. You might have just, you might have been beating your assistant with the phone, and then the law of averages was defied, and you inadvertently dialed the 10 number code connecting you to this radio studio. Any or all of these things might be true. Uh, so one random on it, this is the one everybody's been waiting for, by the way. It's all been leading up to this moment. Every step you have taken in your life has led you toward this instant. Every day of your existence has brought you to this place. Today, one random on-air caller will receive from things from another world the Kotobukaya collectible vinyl Star Wars statue of Darth Vader. And I'm almost positive this is the same one. No, I mean, not the one, but it's the same as the one that Dave's in has at the front desk. Have you seen that? And everybody has seen it. At least everybody here has seen it because... I'm going to have to go up during the break and see this. It's just cool, man. I mean, it's like if you're not into Star Wars, you probably still go, hey, that's pretty cool looking. If you're into Star Wars, it's like the best thing you've ever seen. The star Here's the thing. The Star Wars uh, statue that Zen has at the front and that we're giving away here today... Um, it's sort of like a nerd version of, I was telling that story yesterday about we used to have a co-worker, a woman who no longer works here, which I guess could include any number of thousands of people, but, the, but the, the, we had a co-worker who decided that every day was like, let me show off my, my boobs day, uh, and so she would just wear almost nothing to cover her, uh, to cover her body, and so all the dudes who worked in the building would find a way to, you know, I better go over to her desk and ask her about that thing. Uh, and it was just, you know, there's guys just flitting around like moths around a flame. But that's what guys have been like with this Darth Vader thing at the front, too. So we're going to be giving that away today to one random on-air caller. By the way, that's from Things uh, at Another World, one of our fine partners in commerce and capitalism. If you'd like to, but you, you don't want to you know, leave it up to fate. If you want to just buy one, it's like on eBay. You don't have to bid with some, uh, some jerk somewhere. You just need to buy it now. You can buy this now. TFAW.com is the website, Things from Another World. TFAW. Dot com tfaw.com slash rick 75% off uh, select Star Wars vinyl statues you buy them in person at the store 70% off you mentioned the uh, mentioned the show and we still got to do the glorious bastard of the week because they win the, the Darth versus Luke thing anyway alright very exciting 
All right, here's what's coming up today. In addition uh, to that, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us today uh, from the Hill. We'll also talk to Steve Kastenbaum. We will talk to CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer, who's covering the big game that everybody's going to be watching this weekend. Uh, let's see what else. Top five coming up uh, in today's uh, show. We have the top five songs commonly blamed for teenage suicides. Uh, we'll get to that today. Yeah. Top five songs that are always the scapegoat for teenage suicides. Uh, Scott Daly will be here from... I know that they explained this all last week, but I can't remember what it's called. Is it still it's Film Fever Radio? CityFilmFever.org. Because his, his, his SIG file still says FilmFeverRadio.com. Whatever, you know who he is. So Scott Daly is going to be here later on today. I think uh, it's, it's Geek in the City Radio. Radio? Are we sure about that? No. All right. Scott Daly is going to be here. Uh, let's see what else. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer will be joining us today. Uh, we'll talk to uh, uh, Sarah Dillon about the Lost Recap. Chris Paddock will be joining us for that as well. What else? We got the It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Um, let's see. It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. I actually got a yin and a yang today because I got It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard and I got the greatest songs ever made. This is all of the stuff to get to. Let's see. And finally, it is High Concept Friday. Plus, and I might read it before the break. Here. I have here. Remember, this is just by coincidence, by the way. This is just happenstance. Remember, yesterday we were talking about drugs. And behold the magical power of the Rick Emerson Studios, by the way. Sarah and I were talking about this this morning. That I think in the course of about five minutes yesterday, Dave Schmidtke uh, laid off Portland Media icon extraordinaire. I think it was, I mean, it couldn't have been more than ten. In the space of ten minutes, that guy, A, admitted to being, quote, a night molester. Because <laughs> I guess he, he wakes up a little randy sometimes in the morning. Uh, you know, like 2, 3 a.m. suddenly, you know, it gets, it gets its growth on. So in the space of like 10 minutes, Dave Schmitke admitted to being, quote, a night molester and then to dropping acid. I don't know if it's the same time or different, different sections of his life. Anyway, so this studio is like some weird truth chamber. It's like one big golden lariat in here. Uh, speaking of which, on Monday, our good friend Chuck Knopfel rejoined us next Friday. Not today, but a week from today. The most exciting day of Richie's life. We'll be joined by somebody very special. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Um, but anyway, so we, we had this whole drug conversation yesterday, which I know happens like, that's like every three days or so. But we had this great conversation about drugs, which you shouldn't do, kids, because they're wrong. Wrong and bad. And they will ruin your life forever and ever and ever if you even try them. You will never be able to accomplish anything. You might be able to become president. But I mean, other than that, nothing. Uh, so we have, but just by sheer coincidence, we got an email. I'm not, I mean, I'll give the person's name here eventually, but I'm just going to tease for now. I'm going to say this is someone who uh, once worked here. This is a former co-worker of ours who sent a long, long email to somebody else in the building about a drug-fueled evening of amusement and terror. And I asked permission to, I said, hey, ask if I can read it on the air. And permission was granted. So uh, there is a former co-worker of ours who had this whole weird drug-induced uh, evening of craziness. So I'm going to read you their account of the... And it had nothing to do with yesterday. They just... And it was just sort of coincidence. It was just happenstance that they had this weird drug night, and they wrote it all out, and then they sent it on, and then it was forwarded to me, and we're going to read it. So... And it's somebody whose voice you might be familiar with, somebody whose name you might know, because they worked here. Uh, and so we'll read their drug email. We'll get to that maybe before the end of the segment. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stellan. Hello. How are you today? Hi. I'm doing very well. How was your thing last night? It was fun. So this is the Portland Music Awards? Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, so we were there, and people were nominated for, like, you know, like, Best Musical Act. Somebody, uh, Best Musical Act, Best Venue, blah, blah, blah. I got to meet this uh, blues legend guy. I can't remember. His name is Mel Brown. Yes, yes. Yeah, he was so rad. He was, um, like, the coolest, like, hippest guy, and he was talking about how he used to hang out in Portland 
um, you know, like 40 or 50 years ago and like all these like underground like speakeasies and blues clubs and stuff. He was like the coolest thing ever. And then somebody fell off the stage. That's the mark of any good show. I know, which I totally missed and I'm completely depressed about it. But, um, yeah, I had a really fun time actually because we, we filmed it, um, you know, my friend Jay for for the, the Willamette Week. I can't say Willamette Week. It just sounds ridiculous. That sounds dumb. No, so uh, for the Willamette Week. So we did a bunch of recording and um, rewatched a lot of the interviews and I have to say, it went pretty well. You were pretty nervous. You were a little keyed up about it. I was very nervous. And then after I was watching it, um, after the thing, I was just like, I didn't even remember interviewing those people. But I looked, I'm like, I did a damn good job. Good for you. I was so nervous that it just like flew by, and I ended up talking to Terry from Music Millennium. Yeah, Terry Curry. Yeah, that guy's super red. So did you? And he won. He, he won, won an award. He won an award for. Uh, oh, he's well, he's a legend. Best yeah, record store. Well, you know that is that is the oldest operating music store in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. Music Millennium. Uh, the one on Twenty Third Close, but the one on Burnside, which I think is the original Music Millennium, it is the it is the uh, you know whatever the the the, the, the longest. Of all the music stores in Portland that are open right now, that's the one that's been open the longest. And it may, in fact, be the first sort of, you know, record and tape store uh, in, in our fine city. So, now, he's a good guy. Terry Courier is a, yeah, he's a good man. He really and actually, is. I just, uh, I received um, something from somebody in the music industry today talking about Music Millennium and about February 2nd, how it's, um, Music Millennium's kind of struggling on East Burnside. And they're having a buy-in day where um, they're encouraging people to come in and spend five bucks or more on that day. Help Terry out. It's, he's a Terry's one of those guys. He's, just, that, like, he's rad. Like, everywhere he, you go on the music scene, it's like there he is. He looks like just he looks like a, a '70s DJ, and he's just walking around, just like the most casual guy with like his big mop of hair. He kind of looks like if a Muppet were to turn into a real human being, which I don't mean in a disrespectful way. He's just got the huge mop of hair, mm-hmm. and he's got the glasses, like and little he's wire got, glasses, and he's got the big mustache, and he kind of you know, and he kind of walks. And he sort of it bends over sometimes when he walks. He kind of walks, you know, because he's a tall guy, but he walks real. He kind of bends over, like hunches over a little bit, and walks real gently. He's sort of, he's a lot like Jim Martin from Faith No More in that way. He just he does look like he was sort of a, like a creature shop creation. Like, and now direct from Fraggle Rock, Terry Courier, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, he was one of the ones that Jay last year was a little too inebriated to talk to. Oh man, I'll show you the video sometime. Like Jay's trying to you know talk to Terry, who you need to show the man some respect. Well, and Terry also has because he's worked in the music industry for a long time. He doesn't have real good hearing. Uh-huh. So you also have to shout everything at no, Terry. No, and Jay slurs yeah. when he talks, like well, even when good. he's sober. <laughs> and so it's sitting there. So Jay's sitting there in this video, like he's like, and Terry's trying to answer what he thinks are the questions, and it's it's kind of hilarious and terrible uh, to watch. Terry Curry and I had lunch one time together. We had lunch at Esparza's, and it was kind of a noisy place that day, and there was a lot of people there, and I didn't really realize, nobody had clued me into the fact, here's a little thing, here's a little advice, friends, like just common courtesy. If somebody you know is going to be ha- and, you know, hanging out with somebody else who's got some sort of, a, you know, like like maybe, oh, I don't know, they're partially deaf, or they're blind, or they got like, or they just fall over occasionally or something, or I don't know, they got like, I don't know, maybe now and again they just bark like a dog. How about cluing a brother in? Let me know, huh? Because not that Terry does any of the above things except go, hmm, what, huh? Because he doesn't have a lot of hearing mm. because of the rock and so forth. So I'm sitting there, I'm at lunch, and I tend to, because I'm a pig, I tend to uh, talk with my mouth full sometimes, which I know I shouldn't do, but I do it anyway. And so I'm there at lunch, and I'm like, so anyway, so then uh, on the debate trip, this guy gave me a copy of Led Zeppelin 4. And so I went home, and I put on Black Dog, and it's like changed my whole world. And, so and Terry's nodding his head, and he smiles, going, yeah, that's really great. And I said, what was the record that changed your life, Terry? And he stopped, and there was this long silence, and he finally goes, uh, it's a good time to tell you that I can't, um, I can't really hear anything you're saying, because I'm kind of deaf. And then it was like with that thing with Lisa Desjardins, <laughs> where she revealed that like for like two weeks she'd been pretending she could hear her sound clips over the phone. I she know, it's kind of embarrassing. Hey, did you interview Elliot Smith's dad? No, no, but you know what? It was his... Uh... The, the girl who accepted the award was his ex-girlfriend. Elliot Smith's ex-girlfriend? Elliot Smith's ex-girlfriend. Was she dressed to kill? 
I was so waiting for that line. I wanted to tell her she had a killer dress. Oh, see, I I, I didn't think say, you'd I, say that today, so I wanted to spare you the, uh, no, the awkwardness. I'm no, no, sorry. No, I was looking forward to it, but she didn't come down to the green room. I apologize for, for stealing your joke just now. I, you and I talked before the show, and oh, I, didn't, okay. I, for some reason, thought you would not say that on the air. Alleged. I didn't say anything. No. Um, no. Allegedly, whatever. Yeah, so I really wanted to I, I wanted to meet her, but she never came into the green room, which was just fine. There are plenty of interesting people to All talk right. to. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, because I feel like a jerk because I just stole your line. Let's play act right now. Okay, so I am Elliot Smith's ex-girlfriend. I'm coming down the stairs at last night's Portland Music Awards. You, Sarah Dillon, uh, you are uh, waiting there, uh, you know, microphone and Fated camera, whatever. Breath. And I'm coming down the stairs. La, 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 la. I'm Elliot Smith's ex-girlfriend. Excuse me. Excuse me, Elliot Smith's ex-girlfriend. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? Hey, I'm doing very well. You know, congratulations on your award that you didn't quite win. You know, it's just uh, an award for somebody else, but you're well, collecting it. How does well, that feel? Um, well, I'm just trying to keep... Elliot's memory alive, and yeah. he gave so much to the city of Portland that I'm, like, just trying to help keep it stuff. He sure did. He sure did. Uh, yeah. so, so who are you wearing tonight, Elliot Smith's ex-girlfriend? Uh, this is part of your wearing. I have to say, uh, that's, a, that's a killer dress. I mean... What do you mean by that? I mean, you're dressed to kill. Amber done. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you? And scene. He said it like Mr. Pooh right there. Howdy ho! Thanks so much. <laughs> How are you? Mr. I'm sore. I'm sore. Look at my lip. Here's the thing. I don't. Ricky, Richie got kneed in the face yesterday. Why did I do that? Why did I look over when you said I'm sore? Look at my lip. Here's the thing. Lip and sore aren't words that should go together, Richie. All right. Well, you know, here's the thing. We're not going to talk to you anymore. Uh, so, is it just because you got beaten on in your cage fighting training? Yeah. And he's getting those weird, gross cauliflower ears. Though. I don't know what that means. What is it? It means when all that when the, you've been hit in the ear so many times that all your cartilage breaks up oh, and it makes you a big blob oh, of an ear. Oh, oh, why did I ask? Why did I ask that? Remember that, that guy, that ultimate, that famous ultimate fighter guy we had in the studio? Matt Lindland. Matt Lindland. No, no, no. It wasn't Matt Lindland. It was um, uh, 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 Randy Couture. Oh. And Randy his Couture. ears were disgusting. No. Good looking guy. But they were just like blobs of flesh on either side of his head. Now, was... can't you, uh, isn't that, can't that be a genetic thing, too? Because here's a little... No, no, his is beaten. I mean, look at Richie's ears. But I mean, isn't it, but that's a thing that you can also, well, I mean, Richie's from fighting. Because, like, here's it, like, I know Paul Stanley from Kiss was born with that for some reason. And then he had to have it fixed through cosmetic surgery. But Yeah, well, this is like a normal size ear that's been broken. But it's like the cartilage isn't fused. It's in, like, little pieces. Yeah, so, I mean, like, it was fused at one time, oh, but you've been hit in the disgusting. side of the head so many times that it's broken <laughs> apart. There's just. Yeah. Does your ear make a rattling noise? No, no, it's okay. fluid. I was just... Okay, that's great. Uh -huh. I know he was saying earlier, he's like... Yeah, I drain it. Like, oh, Dude, I drain it. I, home, I gotta oh. go home. You pardon Richie, I gotta, I gotta go home and, and drain the, my ears. They were saying earlier that like having messed up ears and fighting is like a rattle on a rattlesnake. They can tell that you, you're fierce. <laughs> really? It's like... It's a, it's, so it's like you're... You know what, is Look, this, I, I am deformed. Be scared of me. Is this like in World War II when you would spray paint on the nose of your plane how many zeros you'd shot down? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's great. That's, that's, that right. that's wonderful. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, Sarah, do I have time to read this email? Yes. Okay. Uh, Richie, can you do me a favor and go, uh, go, uh... Go away. <laughs> I wasn't going to say oh, that, but yes, yes, that. I was going to have to go screen the calls here, so I can, uh, we'll come back. we got Lisa around the corner and so forth. Uh, I'm going to read this email. I wish we had some sort of drug music uh, to play with this. Do you have any uh, sort of a spooky... Well, I wish you would let me, like, you should have told me. I'm sorry, it just occurred to me. I, uh, I, it didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think about it until just now. I don't know if we have any sort of spooky drug music that accompany this or like a, like a, like a white, uh, white rabbit or something sort of a thing. I, I don't know. I got nothing. But we got this email yesterday 
And this comes to us from a former coworker. Now, here's the thing. Let's play this game. I'm going to read this email. And then, Sarah, I want you to tell me what former coworker uh, here at the CBS Radio Portland sent this email in yesterday. Okay. Uh, and so this, I will read this in an unexpurgated fashion. There are no last names here, so I will use the first names of the other participants. Well, am I supposed to say out loud? Yeah, you should guess. I mean, I'll read the whole thing, and then when you're done, when I'm done reading it, you should tell me who you think this is. This is an email we received yesterday, 8.47 a.m. I asked permission to read it. Permission was granted. Uh, so here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you now the drug-crazed evening of a former CBS radio employee. I don't know. It's, it's a psychedelic music. <laughs> there were six of us, and we started with dinner and drinks and ended up at a hippie-themed party in West Hollywood. The party was fine. There was an open bar, and there were... That's not going to work. <laughs> That's not going to work. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll just... You've got to give me more than ten seconds. That's okay. I'll, I'll freestyle it here. You know what? I'll do this. I'll bluff real quickly. Let me just... Uh, let me find this. Here we go. I'll just... You know, this will be our... I'll do this. Okay. That's good. Okay, I'm going to read this email front to back. Then you got to guess which former CBS employee wrote this to me. Former CBS, okay. There were six of us, and we started with dinner and drinks and ended up at a hippie-themed party in West Hollywood. The party was fine. There was an open bar, and there were pot brownies. Oh, boy. What a way to wind down the week, I thought. So I had a pot brownie. Half an hour later, not feeling too buzzed, I had another pot brownie. <laughs> Half an hour after that, I had another. You know, just to be sure. Two hours after I'd first started, I still felt nothing. I drove my friend back to his place and then drove with Stephanie back to her place. On the freeway and almost back, I started feeling strange. Things weren't making much sense anymore. I asked if she was okay to drive, and almost before she'd said yes, I pulled over and was out of the car. I felt a vibration in my pocket and pulled out my cell phone. There was a text from another buddy that had been at the party. It said, Hey, remember those pop brownies? I just found out they were actually shroom brownies. <laughs> Good thing I didn't have any, LOL. WTF, I asked myself. WTF. We got back to Stephanie's place, and reality had pretty much stopped by then. People were whispering all over the place, and I paced back and forth for an hour in the kitchen while the walls turned into tiles and flipped into different designs. I somehow ended up passing out on the sofa. But somewhere around 4 a.m., I awoke to a terrifying old man screaming directly into my face. I screamed back at the old man for a couple of minutes until he melted into the couch. <laughs> my vision was cloudy, and I couldn't hear anything but weird scratching noises. I woke up at around 6 a.m. that night, and the effing old man was back again, screaming into my left ear. This time, I think I was more aware of the fact that he might not, in fact, exist. So I ignored him. He kept screaming, though, trying to convince me he was real. It was at this point that I started worrying that I would be stuck this way forever and that I was truly in some form of hell. I wanted to die, but I wasn't sure that I wasn't already dead, which just caused my brain to hurt. <laughs> Back to sleep again, and when I woke up at 2, Stephanie decided to come join me on the couch, and we both frowned a lot about how terrible we felt. We fell asleep again and woke up in time to watch the last half of Castaway starring Tom Hanks. I mention that little detail because it's in the little details that it makes me tend to lean more toward the possibility that I am in fact alive and back in reality. I still feel rather effed right now, but my Jewish friend Evan told me over the phone that I should wake up fine tomorrow. I think it all depends on whether or not that crazy old man followed me home from Stephanie's. LOL. Good Christ. There you go. 
So the question for you, Sarah Dillon, is which former CBS radio employee wrote this email? And this is a true story, by the way. Dennis Pittsburgh. No. Oh. And, and keep in mind, this is not about something that happened years ago. This is something that happened, like, Saturday. Oh, Jimmy Ryan. No. Um, good guess, though. That's a good guess. Too well written, but good guess. Uh, Dan Bozik? No, doesn't it sound like something that Todd the Corpse would write? Yeah. I mean, if you it's were a drug user. Well yeah. Uh, not Dan Bozik. And it's important that we make these distinctions because I don't want to imply that, like, for instance, Dan Bozik is spending his time eating shroom brownies or whatever. Marconi? No. Um, I'm trying to think who we lost in the cleansing. Tim Riley? No. <laughs> yes, it's from Tim Riley. No. Uh, were they, were they... You're half right. Well, I already guessed Tim. Timmy. Oh, um... Tim who lives in California, Tim? Tim Savage, ladies okay. and gentlemen. <laughs> former host of the Timnasium and former DJ on Rock 101 KUFO. Tim Savage is still taking pot brownies. Well, he he didn't, and, yes, and he didn't know they were shroom brownies and he had three of them. But he was but he was intending to eat three pot brownies. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Best line, though, uh, about the old man screaming into his left ear. Best line is, this time I think I was more aware of the fact that he might not in fact exist, so I ignored him, but he kept screaming trying to convince me he was real. There you go. Fantastic. Kids, I like that guy. Don't do drugs or you'll end up a very attractive young man working as an actor in Hollywood, and no one wants that. All right, back after this with Lisa Desjardins, The Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. on the inside today. Yeah, you and... So who all is... Why are you guys wearing matching shirts? This is one of those things where you're pretending you don't know because you want me to have to say it out loud. We're all well, wearing... I that you're wearing the, that you and Chris Paddock matched today. Chris Paddock and I have matched like three different days this week, by the way, just FYI. Let's not talk about it. It's like we're getting ready to go, like, be counselors at a camp somewhere. And why did you decide the specific day to wear your friend? Because it's Battlestar Galactica night! Shiny. <laughs> Is it true that you had a pact with other dorks who are geeks, sorry, who are, Thanks. <laughs> who are into Battlestar Galactica that you all would wear your shirts on the same day? Well, we didn't, like, cut each other's hands and then press them all together or something. But, I mean, we did have an understanding. Is that later? There was, yes, that's later. Uh, there was a, we had an agreement. We'll talk about it later. Uh, if you're on the uh, hold about triplets, tuplets, I don't know what a tuplet is. What is a tuplet? T-U-P-L-E-T. God, it, I don't think it's, a, I think it's half a word. It's like, you know, reading Richie's uh, call screening sometimes, it's like trying to read a clockwork orange or something. It's just a whole lot of, later on, we'll talk to line two about munchy munchy twicks of toast. <laughs> Jesus. Let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show uh, from the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hey, I know what a, a truffle is, though. What is it? A, a truffle or truffle? Truffle. Well, the truffle's a thing. It's a it's a candy and or no, mushroom. with, with a P, a, a P like Paul, truffle. What is a, what is a truffle with a, with a P? A, a trouble is, uh, uh, you know, a threesome in a committed committed three-way relationship. Have I just lost you guys? <laughs> um, what? It's true. What? Okay, let's back up for a second. Um, please dispel. Uh, I think T-R... Don't act like you don't know. Don't Now is not the time to be coy. I don't know for sure. I, I really don't. I think it's T-R-O-U-P-L-E. Is this like a some sort of foreign word? No, it's like it's, it's three people that are like a, a couple, but it's three people. 
Do you mean like a couple like you mean three people like for a night or three people on an ongoing basis? Ongoing basis. Like a polyamorous relationship. That is exactly very glamorous, very polyamorous. Yes. All right. And here's the only reason I could say it because Portland is like the home of polyamory for some reason. Um, okay, well, see, um, people will call in with the proper spelling. Then I, I have no doubt. Probably. And here's the thing. And it, when people call in with the proper uh, clarification about polyamorous relationships. You know, here's a little, a little, uh, little uh, one of life's truths for me to you. Here's a reflexive thing. You know that those are also people you don't ever want to see in person. I mean, that's just a given. Uh, like the, like the, the greater amount of detail or knowledge somebody has about polyamorous <laughs> relationships, the greater the odds are that it's a woman who's huge and wearing bib overalls. So, I mean, it's just that. Look, sister, I, I live here and I know. I know that it's true. And everybody who, everybody who lives here knows that that's true, at least in Portland. Here, here's the other thing. You watch like uh, Real Sex or any of those shows on HBO. Okay. Every, every single time they'll say this, this is Bob and this is Amanda. Bob and Amanda are both married to Cindy. And then, but they, and then it'll pull back and they go, in their home in Portland, Oregon, it's always here. Every time one of those shows, and don't get me wrong, I don't pass any judgment, doesn't matter to me, but every time they profile one of those couples where it's like some, you know, it's like it's more than a couple that they're all living together and married and they're all right. humping it out or whatever. It's right. always in Portland or like in some place. It's always like Portland, Eugene, Springfield, someplace like that. So a truffle, <laughs> Sarah, know. have you looked up truffle? No, I have not. All right. I'm going to look it up right now while we're on the phone. In the meantime, why do you know that word? Uh, whence does your knowledge of that derive? I have, I have three very close friends who are in a trouble. Wait, not all in, they're all in the same trouble, or the, yeah. each of them is in like a trouble with two other people? Uh, like, yeah, tr like trouble with a P. Yes, that's right. Um, uh, they're, they're in a relationship together, the three of them. Really? Yes. Is this two women and a, and a guy, two guys and a girl? Three men. Three men, really? Yeah. Well, see, I think that would be easier to manage. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's still, it still is lots of dynamics, but they make it work. It actually it really does work. How well, long have they all been together? Ooh, a while. Oh, wow. Uh, I want to say four years. By the way, let me just say that I went to Wikipedia. If you are at work right now, not that you're going to be Wikipediaing something that is about a threesome, um, <laughs> even in the ongoing committed romantic loving uh, emotionally involved kind, just uh, FYI that there's uh, what might be considered an explicit uh, drawing uh, the upper right-hand side of that entry. Uh, threesome. Uh, so it, so there is no entry for trouble as such. When you go to trouble it, in Wikipedia, it directs to threesome, and then they list types. Okay, Sarah, did you know that there are different types of threesomes? I did not know, Rick Emerson. Tell me more. You don't have a lot of threesome knowledge, Sarah, so let me fill you in on this. Uh, <laughs> okay. Wicked. That is a... Drawing. You see what I'm saying about that drawing? It's yeah. kind of it's, it's not the sort of thing one expects to see, but I mean I guess it is. It's not pornographic, it is explanatory, uh, but uh, it's maybe a little shocking. Let's see. Uh, we have this. Uh, let's see. Threesome types. There is group sex. There is the menage a trois. There is the triad, uh, and then there is. Uh, I guess that's it. And then ooh, and then down at the bottom there's more drawings that look to be Greek. Okay, mm. I'm going to close this right now. We're going to take this whole segment out later on and burn it and pretend it didn't happen. That being said, um, I don't even remember why you said trouble. Oh, because uh, you were talking about tuplets. Uh, okay. So now is this uh, – is that a word that is uh, – is that of, of recent creation? Like in other words, did your friends already know of that word or these three guys you know that are all in a relationship together, did, did they find that word out from somebody else? You know, they actually have never mentioned that word to me. It was someone – 
who knows them that mentioned that word, to, like someone in the gay community that was saying, oh, you know, they're a, they're a trouble. But, I, you know, I don't know if it's really, if it's, if it's a word that really is going to last or, you know, that anyone says. It but, might be like how, how the correct thing is actually trekkers, but everybody says trekkies, even though that's not te- technically right. I, I didn't even know that. No, that's really? true. They prefer to be called trekkers, but nobody says that. Yeah, so then it doesn't matter, right? Because as Dr. Hibbert said, hillbillies like to be called sons of the soil, but it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> anywho. So there you go. I didn't mean, to, yeah, to take you all the way down that road. No, 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 it's fine. You know, that's uh, that's what this program is all about, Lisa Desjardins. <laughs> so are we now at the 10th, what is it, ninth day, 10th? This is the first 10 days of Barack Obama's right. presidency. This is day 11. Yesterday, um, depending on how you count, yesterday was day 10. I hear that we, were having, we had a story the other day that this is some something like 12% of people or something were already like, I disapprove of the job he's doing. And, I mean, I don't know if you've found any of those people, you've talked to them. I mean, just leaving aside ideological identification and all that, I don't really even understand how you would be able to form an opinion uh, like that at this point. It does seem a little premature. Well, you know, I'm sure there were plenty of people that kind of came into it, perhaps, with a negative bent. People that were concerned that Barack Obama was uh, maybe a socialist. Remember, that was thrown around a lot in the campaign. And they're looking at this spending plan and, you know, saying, "Eh, I don't like it, I don't like it. So I, I think maybe that's where that's coming from, but I'm not, I'm not sure. So where, I mean, it, it, his, his numbers are sky, still sky high, even with the people who don't approve. His, his approval numbers are still immense. And so that, that approval number, which was 68 when he went in, which I think is the highest for a new president since Kennedy, does that have, it seems like a silly question, but does that have any real-world use or application? In other words, you know, if his approval rating was 30 instead of 68, would it actually be harder for him to get anything done? Uh, yes, it would be a lot harder for him to get anything done. I yeah. mean, even in the first hundred days, I sort of assume in the first hundred days, the president can kind of just go in and everybody kind of understands that there's a grace period where he can kind of try whatever he wants. Right. Well, that's true. I think that's true for any president. But I, I think, I mean, that, that political capital, as George W. liked to call it back in 04, really does mean something, especially now because he's trying to reach out to Republicans. It, it's it's not getting him any Republican votes, but it. It is helping him. I think it certainly has helped him with some nominees. Oh, say Tim Geithner, yeah. uh, who were having trouble, and you know, people said, "And all right, okay, Obama, all right, they love you, we'll, we'll vote with you." But it's not helping him on the stimulus. Even if it's not helping him, it's kind of this. Um, it's a big weapon. It's a big weapon that when Republicans say, "Hey, we speak for the people," he can say, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Uh, let's compare numbers. And so, of, of all of these executive orders that he's been putting out, um, yeah. and this is something we sort of have circled around a few th- different times, because the whole notion of the executive order is just fascinating to me. Yeah. Because it does you seem... You should start issuing some. I, man, seriously, if I, if I... I mean, I guess I could right now and then just demand that everyone obey them, and who knows? I mean, just sort <laughs> of a... That might be just like a... Just do it and see if the force of my personality is such that they yeah. just have the power of law. And they can be wide or small. Like, you could issue an executive order to Richie. Oh, I'm going to do it right now. Sarah, what should my executive order to Richie be? Like maybe to hop up and down on one foot and bark like a dog? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I would enjoy that. All right, we'll, we'll do that later. I'm going to put that on the list of things to do. Richie, right. don't come in here now. Um, <laughs> so of all these executive orders, and I know that you've probably answered this question for me already, but, I, but I, I, I'm still having trouble grasping it. Do, okay. do they just Do they have lasting authority, or at some point do they have to be codified? No, it's done. It's done. So why doesn't the president just do that all the time? I mean, I know that sounds like a dumb question, but really, all of this, yeah, there's gridlock, and I can't get Congress to go along, and I've got an opposition. Screw that. Executive order. It's done. Do it. Because the, there's only there's a, a relatively narrow area that executive orders can apply. It's just anything that has to do with the bureaucracy of government, the sort of day-to-day management of government. And, and that obviously covers a huge amount of, of things. 
but it, it doesn't cover things like spending, doesn't cover making laws or changing um, what is legal, what is illegal in the United States, doesn't cover agreements with other countries. So, so it, it just covers kind of the day-to-day operations, but our federal government is ginormous, and so because of that, uh, these executive orders can cover a, a huge amount of federal policy. If it, environment is a huge federal uh, executive order area, all of this stuff, unions, he just issued an executive order uh, that's going to maybe make life a little bit easier for unions today and, of course, make some conservatives upset. But all, all those kinds of areas, things like that, um, he can. It, it's mainly um, a lot of procedural stuff, but it does, in the end, matter. All right. Do you have uh, Do you have plans for the big game this Sunday, Lisa? Hey, yeah, we're having people over at our house for the big game. How about you? Uh, I don't know. I'm. Uh, you know, I'm what with my bustling social schedule and all. There's, uh, <laughs> here's the thing about is there's you know some invitations have been extended and so forth, but I, I swear to God, no matter what I do uh, on on big game Sunday. I can't do a whole lot because my wife has this Buddhist thing she has to go to. So, uh, you know, at some point we'll have to cut it short, which really is just like that is not only my wife, but it is sort of uh, it is sort of Portland, like in a nutshell right there. The way you know, go to go to somebody's house, you know, for the, for the Super Bowl and then my wife will like uh, eat badly and booze and then we'll have to leave so she can go to a Buddhist temple and <laughs> I don't know and sit there and feel bad or guilty about something. Oh, you're saying whatever you guys go to do, then you're gonna to have to cut. Then out. we have to leave because then I have to. I, sw- I swear to God, then I have to get in my. Uh, I have to get in my internal com- uh, combustion engine automobile, right. which spews carbon monoxide into the air, and I have to drive her to a Buddhist temple, where she will then uh, presumably sit and feel bad about being a white person driving a car. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, no, but that's why I'm not going. So. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to be going, by the way. I will then right. be going home and, uh, and, and uh, playing my Xbox. So, because uh, that is what I keeps a, a lot of fun. It's what keeps yeah. America. It's what keeps America strong, Lisa. Hey, well, you know, I I do. I love the Super Bowl, and I have to say, um, I don't like saying that I like this or that about a politician often, but I do like that Barack Obama called out two things this week that you almost never see politicians do that he called out the dc school system for closing uh when there was you know just a couple inches of snow and some ice and he, he just said that was and actually the entire dc metropolitan area closed down and he just basically made fun of everyone which is probably legitimate and then he said he wants the steelers to win on sunday which is pretty amazing why are politicians so chicken about that i you know that's and i think america does respond i mean hence Hence the, uh, at least at one point, high popularity of George W. Bush, that Americans do respond to people who make big, bold, broad gestures, even if they, you know, even if they disagree or even if they seem upon later inspection to be really stupid. Americans do, <laughs> Americans don't like nuance. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, that's the, I mean, I'm, I'm saying There's, the obvious, but Americans don't like subtlety. Or, they, or the hemming and hawing, the whole, well, you seriously, know. Seriously, just uh, be a man. Pick a team. Uh, yeah. yeah. Seriously. Because, if you're going to try to be relatable, you know, the average American, the, so, the so-called uh, Johnny Lunchbucket guy, he doesn't just sit around and go, oh, I don't know. Both teams have their strong selling points. I'm <laughs> undecided at this point. Look, I mean, it's like this in every city, but I mean, here in Oregon, you know, everybody is either a beaver or a duck. And by the way, they're all fat bastards who didn't go to either school. So, I mean, you know, but they've all arbitrarily picked one that they'll stick with till death for no reason. Right. So, you know, that's what Americans do, and that's how Barack Obama needs to be. So, good for him. Uh, as we wrap this up, just a quick little uh, idea here. You know what you really ought to be doing? And I say this a lot, and it's always true, and it's never more true than this. Rick Emerson is now ex- issuing not an executive order to you, Lisa, an executive suggestion. Okay. And my executive suggestion is really because it is the new nu- nuclear, y- you or somebody really does need to do a sort of, I hate to compare it to somebody else, but you need like a Jeannie Moe's style piece about this and historic business. 
I know. It's it's still I feel because it bugs everybody, everybody on Earth. No, I know. And and so you, uh, Lisa, have this is your chance to set the record straight as part of CNN. Like, what is the deal with Anne Historic? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. No deal, people. No deal. Yeah. I'm just saying that's a thing that would get traction on the interwebs. All right. All right. Yeah. I will I'm, take your. Advice. I have no. I haven't closed it. That's fine. I can tell. I haven't made the sale. No, I'd like to. Yeah. I I got I got to pitch it. You know, it's All not right. up to me. You know. You should you should just issue your own executive order right there. Yeah, sure. In the in the meeting, just say this is the way it's going to be. Yes. Uh, on that note, enjoy your big game weekend, hey. and uh, we will talk to you. Who are you pulling for? Oh, the Steelers. All right, just checking. All right, and we will uh, we will check in with you next week, Lisa. Okay, great. There you go. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Today's word is truffle. I you're on the. I was gonna. By the way, when she said a truffle, which is like a threesome, blah 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 blah, do the truffle shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> I you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Everybody. I got to be real brief because my phone is dying, but I was talking about the goddamn octuplet lady. Yes. Single mother, already has six kids. Is that Under- true? I didn't know she already had six kids. Yeah, she's like, her family has no money. She already had six kids. Well, you know, um, bless- she undergoes, like, uh, in vitro fertilization to have eight more. Yeah, I... So- I- I mean the eight no kid way. thing and the like. Look, ah, never mind. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying anything that everybody else wouldn't already agree with. Look, if God wants you to be barren, who are you to meddle with the plan? Really? Yeah. I mean, if it's God's divine plan that your uterus quits working, don't screw with God's plan for your uterus. Jesus. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm with. So she now has. Wait, let me understand this. She now has 14 children. Yes. Oh. And that's in California. Like it isn't in some godless third world country, right? I mean, parts yeah, of California so, are a godless yeah. third world country, I suppose. But I mean, still, it's it's like she's here a in America. Mother and her family has no money. If she's a single mother, how did she pay for the in vitro fertilization in the first place? Would be my question. Who knows? Like, is that what? Like, you hold a bake sale or something? No, 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 no. I'm trying to raise a bake sale so I can get enough money to become broke later on. Please sold, help jam me full of children. Brownies. Yes, probably. All right, excellent. Thank you for the observation, sir. You have a good weekend. All right. I've been listening since 98. You are a good person, my friend. Continue to spread the word. All right. Thank you. Have a good weekend. There you go. It's that guy. Uh, let's see. We got somebody about Barack Obama here that we'll get in a second. But in the meantime, in between time, it's Amanda Moyer joining us from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, I think, unless she's gone somewhere else, in which case I'll be embarrassed. Hey, she's in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Amanda Moyer. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm well today. How are you? I am fantastic. That was a good recovery I did just there. Um what? So where are you at right now as we speak? Right now I am sitting, and I'm in Tampa, and I'm outside near the Riverwalk where there are bunches of football fans getting ready for Sunday Super Bowl. Now, I, because uh, you're a journalist and I'm a pundit, I'm now legally required to ask you this question. Hey, Amanda, we've heard so much about the economy. Is that, uh, is that affecting uh, the big game this year? having an effect. Uh, There's still the tourism officials here say about 100,000 people are expected, but uh, the atmosphere is somewhat subdued. There's um, some of those big swanky parties. They have been, uh, they're not being thrown as big as they were in the past. And, you know, some vendors say that business is down from previous Super Bowls. And, And actually something that's surprising is some of the major hotels are not sold out. That really is surprising, and I and also somebody told me it was not just the when you were saying some of the uh, the major hotels are not sold out. That was clicking in my head with the fact that I, I think as of and that's probably not the case now, but as of yesterday, I think I heard that there were actually still like commercial slots available. That's right. There were about just, just a couple of slots still available. Um, 
some advertisers are not going to be um, showing Super Bowl commercials. Um, one of them, namely, will be General Motors. They're not going to be advertising. Um, ads are actually going for $3 million for a 30-second ad. That's 11% more than what it was last year. Here's what I want somebody to do right now. I want As soon as Sunday is over, uh, I want somebody to do an investigative piece where they find out what companies bought Super Bowl ads, how much the ads cost, and then if that company has fired anybody in the last six months because they, quote, couldn't afford to keep them on. Well, that's a good point. And there are a lot of companies that are struggling. We're hearing all these layoffs, and uh, yet they're putting on big events or get buying ad time. But I should say, too, though, a lot of the ad time was bought earlier in the year, uh, in 2008, prior to uh, – the official recession. You know, this is why I like having you on the show, Amanda, because you try to balance out. It, because here's the thing: you uh, you have those uh, those uh, those things, facts uh, that you uh, that you have on your side. Where on this side of the table, it's all just animosity and bitterness. So together, it's sort of a so together, it's sort of a uh, it's like a sandwich cookie that you know ends up having a little bit of what everybody needs. That's good to know. I know that you're a journalist and trying to be objective, but uh, but Amanda Moyer, the citizen, is she pulling for somebody in the big game? is thinking that the Cardinals might pull off the upset. You know, they're only the second 9-7 and seven team to ever make it to the Super Bowl. They've never they've never been to the Super Bowl. So um, I'd like to see them take it away from the Steelers, who've already won five. Excellent. All right, there you go. I'm uh, putting this down. I'm just kind of keeping track of where all the correspondents are on this today. All right, fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Amanda Moyer, uh, have a good time. Travel safe. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. All right. I'll tell you what, we'll do this call. We'll take a break. Come back with Chris Paddock, re lost. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey, Dan. What's up? Hello. Hey, uh, I got a top five um, in honor of the new president. Yes. Um, Barack Obama song. Such as? Uh, such as Little Wayne has one out. It's just Obama, Obama, Obama. <laughs> and uh, there's also a reggae song that my friend got me to. I can't remember the title or the, the singer. Is it but, Obama, uh, Obama? No, it's uh, Barack Obama, Barack Obama. I'm but sorry, yeah, I'm just back different. on. I'm just back and on. And there's also Obama Rama. I feel like Barack Obama. Back on yesterday's conversation about things that sound hilarious if you're stoned, like you going Obama, 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 Obama. <laughs> All right, excellent. I'll uh, I'll look at. We do have some. Um, amazingly enough, and I'm not making this up. We do have something to play by Lil Wayne uh, later on in the program. Which I is I like him. A thing I never really. Sometimes. You want, Write down the day and time you said that. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you for the suggestion, sir. We'll look into it. All right. Left for rules. All right. There you go. Aim for the head. And to be fair, I've only heard one of his songs. It's like, um, it's, I think it's actually by Jay-Z, but it's featuring him. It's, it's called, like, Brooklyn. Yes. This is not that. This is something altogether. Um, I'm going to find that for you now and play it during the break so that I can justify why I just said that. I, look, I, I don't care. Rick Emerson's not passing judgment. Um, that's right. I, you know, I... I all day yesterday, I found myself, you know, because we work uh, down the hall from uh, Jammin 107.5, and uh, all day yesterday, I found myself singing that, um, that, is it Akon? Akon? I don't know. Akon? Acorn? That guy. Uh, the guy that was in jail and can't remember how old he is. Um, you know that Paddock would know here. He's right wait, let's welcome, just as a brief a prelude, Chris Paddock. Akon? Akon. Did you see that article the other day where they asked him how old he was and he said he didn't know? Well, I think he's been, like, knocked in the head a couple times. That, he was also the one who was – wasn't he the same guy who was, like, talking about how he ran? 
he ran like some interstate car ring and he did time and then they found his record it was like no, he did like three days for walking yeah. rocking across the street against the light. Yeah, it was like a, a paper crime or yeah. something like that. It was like nothing. It was a pamphlet, you know, handing out pamphlets. I also, he's the guy that that threw the kid off stage. Remember? When you he said was, kid. Oh, I remember. Yeah, he, he was tossed somebody off. Yeah. Like a kid, yeah. like what? Like a, like a 14-year-old. And then he jumped on the stage and he threw him off. Like gave him an atomic wedgie and he just... Like Barkley style, just right yeah, out? Yeah, totally. But That's are you awesome. singing that song, I want to make love right now, now, now? That's it. It's been stuck in my head. My wife hates that song. Well... I, I feel, I guess, I mean, it's not a bad song as such. It's just one of those songs. And you don't know it, Sarah, but here's the thing. If I you, don't want to know it. If, that's head. the deal. If you walk by a studio or, you know, you walk by somebody who's listening to the station, you hear that song, like five seconds of it, bam, in your head. I um, mean, it lodges in your brain like a tick. It's the next thing I'm going to do at karaoke. Really? I've, I've made that decision, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a sad little rapping white man. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> How did you know my MC name, Sarah Dillon? If I find it karaoke, a version on the Internet, will you do it for us on the air? Oh, absolutely. I just got to make sure I have a lyric sheet. That's a verbal contract. I was here. I know. I'm down. Right, I'm, I'm down. It's just like she just you. admitted she loves Lil Wayne. When do you hear that new song? Okay. Right now, 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 now. Now, now, right, now. We'll take a break. We'll come back after this. We'll talk Lost. Uh, we'll get more of your phone calls uh, later on. We have uh, C, uh, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kasselman, Dorothy Carcassari from The Inquirer, Scott Daly, High Concept Friday, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. From CNN. From, uh... Oh, my God. What did we do wrong? Is this another chastising email telling us that, like, they don't appreciate our No, no, no. It's a good one. No, it's, it's from my buddy Dan, and he just wrote... He said, hey, Sarah, sounds great. Steve's out of the office, but I'm trying to get a hold of him. Um, and, you know, I'll get back to you shortly. And then he just wrote back, he wrote, hey, good to go for Steve. He he trouble. <laughs> oh, was he listening? He was monitoring? I guess so. Hi, Dan. Hey, Dan, how's it going? All right. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. And uh, so forth. I don't think I'm going to read this thing from Aaron about Chris Paddock being an honorary. I can't even say it. I can't even say it with a straight face. Say it. No. You share it with the no. audience. You know what it is? I'm going to have I'll, I'll have Aaron come in and I'm going to have Aaron give it context because it's part of a larger sentence. Where, oh. I swear to God, he does include, I'm just going to say this. Aaron has written this entire, like, three-sentence thing. Apparently, he believes that you're swarthy on the inside. Oh, indeed. And that you guys, this is Aaron saying this, by the way. You and Aaron are going to go, uh, you're going to go terrorize the Mamacita Blancas. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there you go. Hell Chris yeah. Chris Paddock, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from uh, Rock 101 KUFO, Chairman 107.5. Is it .5 or just 107.5? Chairman 107.5. No point. It's the home of hits and hip-hop. Do you remember Number during one. the... Uh, you remember during the uh, the 90s uh, when everything, no thing was point, everything was dot? Yeah. You listen to KXRX, 96.5. Can't do that. No. Can't do that anymore. Because yeah. the webs. Yeah. The, 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 no, uh, that's true. I hadn't really yeah. thought about that. Yeah. that. See, I thought it was just because they were trying to be, uh, they were trying to be sort of angular about the whole thing. That was the, the time and the point, but not so much. Yeah, that was, that, and they always, and it always had to be with like a really flat, uninterested delivery. And KXRX was the, with, in Seattle, where they were the really, they, they were the gold standard of this with Robin and Maynard in the morning. Uh -huh. Their whole thing was, you're listening to 96.5. 
KXRX. I can't be bothered to be enthusiastic because I'm too cool. I'm like, uninterested. Yeah, this station will be gone uh, next week because of my uh, uninterested delivery. Our lack of enthusiasm has affected ratings. <laughs> the audience would rather listen to KISW, but it's okay because I'm too cool. All right. Well, in any event. Well, I don't have to worry about Put it. Put some auto tune on that. Seriously, okay. Can I just real quickly, and then I know you got a you got a boogie here in a few. It's so we'll uh, so we'll, we'll talk uh, lost. We'll talk a little bit about Battlestar tonight. And he has to sing his song. Oh, did you find the uh, karaoke oh, well, version? Yes, I did. I, I have the lyrics. All right, so I have the lyrics the, out. Yeah. One thing, one thing at a time. Here. How much time? How much time do we have? Dude, I, look, I, I'm I'm here for twenty, maybe thirty minutes. Yeah. So, okay, whatever. Good. So one thing at a time. Uh, before we get to this Akon business, so you and I were talking during the break about there's this thing that's happening in a lot of, uh, and not just not just uh, hip hop, but just sort of like a lot of electro pop and you know all of that rock records. A lot of rock records are doing it now. Kid Rock did it, Cher did it, mm-hmm. but it's that thing. Sort of the catch-all term now is auto-tune, and auto-tune is actually a very specific kind of software uh, that will. It is supposed to fix flaws in your vocal delivery. So if you're a little flat at some point, yeah. it fixes it. But the thing is, ideally, nobody's really supposed to notice it. But what's but I think Cher was the one who really popularized using Auto Tune as just another, another, another color on the palette. It was just another, it was just right. another effect. And she was doing that. Do you believe in life? That's, that's actually how it sounded before she sang it, and then <laughs> kind of sounded better. That's the best I can yeah. do to fix it. That was good. And then Chris, uh, Chris Rock, uh, Kid Rock used it on um, Only God Knows yep. Why. Yep. And then, but now, but it's, uh, but it's T Pain that kind of has just. His, he all owns his, it. Yeah, all of his hooks are done through the auto. Right. And uh, I know that the new uh, Kanye West, uh, 808s and Heartbreak, yep. the entire record, and don't get me wrong, I, I quite like the record. I like the, the music, the beats, as the young sure. people say. He sings the entire record. I mean, I'm talking like, like verse, the chorus, bridge, everything is all sung through that, and I just, after a while, it wears. It's to a me. point now where I think autotune will jump the proverbial uh, shark because I guess Jay-Z has long promised he would never, ever do anything in auto-tune, and apparently he has something in the works now with auto-tune on it, which, I mean, when now Jay-Z's doing it, and I say I now, don't know. I mean, not it, so great. As we have this discussion, I realize I probably should have queued up something that is auto-tune so yeah. people can know what we're talking about, but I, I'll play it later. But, you, you, I mean, you'll oh, recognize okay. it immediately. It's, yeah, it's just this, yeah. like, I think anything off the new Kanye West record. Sounds like a, an old-school Cylon Centurion speaking. <laughs> they should totally, Kanye West should totally defy <laughs> your command. <laughs> He's taking orders from Baltar. Cheapest joke. Wow. Sorry. Um, anywho, uh, so we were talking about this Akon record. Yeah. That you walk by and you hear it and it's just lodged in your brain immediately. And I don't know who produced it, uh, but that it's a hook, either. man. It's a hook you could hang a side of beer on. So uh, Sarah has now um, queued up a karaoke version. Mm-hmm. Of Are we the... doing this? Now? Oh, but do you want to hear Auto Tune really quick? Yes. Yeah. This is Auto Tune, kids. Just in case you're wondering what people mean when they say that. But see, this is even no, like... It's when she does the, the, the verse. And here's the thing about this song. I mean, it's irritating, but it did the job in that everybody talked about it. Right. it just, everybody knows this song because of that. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that weird, like, skipping. Yeah. But it's become its own sort of effect that everybody just sort of sings through. Because ideally, you're not supposed to notice it. It is there to make a flat note the correct pitch. Correct. Um, but it's now just become a thing they use, which is fine. So... That leads us then to some of today's uh, fresh new music. And Indeed. this is that Akon song. Mm. What is it called? 
Uh, this is called Right Now Na Na Na. That's the Na 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 in parentheses. We hadn't really planned on this, but because you promised yeah. that you would karaoke uh, it if Sarah sure. could find the track. I'll do it. Ladies My and gentlemen. song of 2007. I give you uh, Chris Paddock. Without auto tune. They're like, why can't it be the way it was? You are my homie lover friend. I've never heard <laughs> that. Is that homie, homie slash lover homie, slash homie friend? friend? I know, it's going to say homie lover friend, but that's weird. Yeah, no, you're, my, friend. you're my HLF. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, Sarah Dillon. I miss you much. You are the apple on my eye. <laughs> the apple on <laughs> my it's eye? Here. I don't think oh, these are, are the correct lyrics. Well, that was like somebody's when, messing with me. That was like Keelan was pointing out how when Regulate Warren G spells next N-X-E-T, which is fantastic. Because <laughs> he needs it to rhyme with... Warren, you know, yeah. M, F, and G. Yeah. But so he has, so but so for the ride, the preceding part of the couplet is like, you know, da-da-da-da, <laughs> next, N-X-E-T. <laughs> which, like, I've heard that song a billion times, never noticed it. It's wow. gold, gold, gold. See, and then they wonder why there's an illiteracy problem in America. By the way, just, you're talking about that song? Nothing, <laughs> though? Like, I'm, I'm... We gotta congratulate him though for having the balls to do oh, it. Oh, well done, sir. Oh, I mean, I never, right. I didn't doubt it. I heard you sing done on. Without uh, the, the aid of alcohol. I heard you sing on KUFO one time, so I know you could. Do oh, it. I, I love to sing. It's, I will. My nothing, mom says I have the voice of an angel. N- nothing really. <laughs> yeah. Did she also tell you it doesn't matter what those kids think? <laughs> yes. If they said that, Chris, they're not really your friends. <laughs> Uh, I do have to say that n- nothing, though, in the world of uh, modern uh, lyrics, will ever be as good as when Shaggy said. He was talking. I forget what the first part of the line is, but he said it's that it's that uh, it's the one that samples. It's the interpolation of Angel of the Morning. Yeah, Angel. And he says, "Closer than my peeps, you are to me." <laughs> yes. What is the first part of the line? You know the song know. I'm talking I about. Know the, you like, say you're my angel and I love you, baby. Closer than my peeps, you are to me. It's like the worst oh, thing you've ever heard. It's gold. I saw that. I was watching. It was like MTV or something, and I was actually Lara had it on in the other room, just like his background or whatever. And when I heard him say that, closer than my peeps, you are to me, I actually ran and I said, what is that? Pause it. Pause that right now. I had to come down and pause that right now, now, now. So I had to watch it. So, All right. Well, let's talk wow. Lost uh, before yeah. you got to run. And then, I, well, then well, we need to whore out the show for this weekend. Oh, too. We'll, we'll whore it out. Okay. Indeed. Sure we shall. Later on, Chris Paddock and Sarah Dillon whore it out. True that. Uh, lost, though, because you guys, Sarah watches yeah. it, I don't, and I, I know we're a day late. 20 but I want, million people watched it last week, Rick. And so I want to address it, because it is relatable, and I uh, I want to get into the habit of making sure we discuss it every week. So yeah. now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado, Lost, go. Go. Well, first off, this week, uh, major, major things happening on the island in terms of time travel. The time travel is, so it's getting a bit distracting. I found it interesting, but... Um, 
It's a little crazy when you're trying to figure out the family tree of, like, who's been on the island. I can't believe that Widmore was actually on the island. Well, we found that out this week, that Charles Widmore, the guy who was sent to basically kill everybody on the yes, island. Who had funded the freighter to try and find the island again right. and kill everybody on it. He, he was on the island some 50 years ago. Yeah, so right now, so um, instead of, because it's been, like, flashing for, Rick, you're going to have to look at us while we talk. Um, instead of, like, flashing back yeah, and forth, don't, that come don't with pretend a... we don't exist. <laughs> is that, is that I'm comment? wearing a Frack Earth t-shirt no, right if now. We don't, if you don't involve yourself, then it's just going to be us yeah. dorking that, up. Does that come with a Band-Aid? Jesus. <laughs> just trying to, wow. trying, trying to look up exciting information about the punk show, which is going to be coming up on oh. KUFO. No, it wasn't meant to be mean. No, I was just saying, because it, or else we're going to be geeking out just like how you do with your video games. You know, okay. Because you, cause you pay the most rapt of attention to every conversation we have about video games. Okay, fine. I'm not going to look at you. Well, um, yeah, because usually it's been like three years back and forth, but now they went back with like 55 years right. or something, 54. Well, okay, first, you, the show starts out, and you're kind of thrown off because you're hearing that Penny, Desmond's love, is bleeding mm-hmm. and is like bleeding to death. And like, you're thinking, well, oh, wait a second. She has time displacement. No, that's not the case. She has She's having a baby. baby. They're having a baby. That's very exciting. <laughs> They deliver the baby in the opening of it. Okay, and I'm trying to be engaged the in the conversation. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's another flash forward. And then it's three years later. Three years later, the, the kid's grown up. So what do you think? Do you think it was named uh, Charlie because of, um, you know, Charlie? Do you think that Charlie's going to come back? I think Charlie will come back. I don't think anybody's ever dead on the island. I think the island can regenerate the dead. I believe it's where... Well, because death can't exist if there's time travel going on. I mean, See, because... now you're blowing my mind. <laughs> well, because that's why they couldn't go back to... Uh, go back to the camp that they had set up because it didn't it didn't exist yet like they hadn't you know set up the camp which means that plane had just crashed which mean that meant that Boone wasn't even dead yet because the plane hadn't because fallen off because they were the tree. displaced in a moment of time where they did not exist and here's the other thing that i i i am uh, i am going to bet that Charlotte the uh, the Charlotte Lewis the uh, mm-hmm. i believe is her name the the redheaded british girl that was the girl on the had like, crazy nosebleeds she's got nosebleeds it's not a cocaine addiction i believe she is fading from reality you think, do you think, think she's traveling? No, her existence is going to cease to happen. She, remember she, she can't remember her mother's name and things. Pieces of her are starting to disappear. Mm-hmm. Much like in Back to the Future, Rick, when uh, they have the Polaroid there of uh, And Marty's, Marty's legs are fading away. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> hands while he's trying fading. to play. <laughs> to what extent be good? do you think this conversation, to what extent do you think this conversation sounds like any conversation in any dorm room in America after 1 a.m. while somebody's staring at a Jim Morrison poster and they're a black light? <laughs> I'm telling you, I was saying this to somebody the other day. I believe Lost is what it was for the Trekkers back in the day, well, like Lost in the original run of the series, when they would smoke weed and they'd sit there and like, But it's like, you know, it's a time travel soap opera. That means yeah. that there could be a whole universe inside one of the atoms in my fingernail. Exactly. Yeah. And who do you think who's who do you think the blonde lady is who um who brought uh I might not remember his name the skinny bearded guy uh Far- Faraday Faraday. Daniel Faraday and when they when they go to look at the atomic bomb um who do you think she is because everyone someone was speculating that she was actually the older woman hawking at the end of the last episode. so she's the mother so she's the mother she could be Faraday's mom what if Faraday is the love child between the woman with the gun and uh our guy Widmore, Widmore. Because Widmore is taking care of his mother. Exactly. Just so you know, I'm now setting the shot clock to wrap this up. Just, <laughs> okay. Is there, I, could, it, it, I now feel I like I'm... Well, yeah, because it's hard to discuss because there's like... I keep waiting I for the queen of hearts to jump out and for like a guy to set up a tea thing. So, I mean, it's just... It's, and how annoying is Sawyer? Well, he in, wasn't in this episode, barely. Yeah, he was, well, he was for like, like two seconds. and like pulling what? his gun and everything. Well, you don't like him? No, and I think that Juliet and him are going to start bonking. Well, I'm hoping. And I love the actress that plays Juliet, too. 
And if Mr. Skin... She you has dead do, eyes. Here's what Mr. Skin should do next time he's on the Rick Emerson show. Talk about people, Talk about about people girls have, lost. have been all nuded up. I think he talked about, what's her name, uh, Amelia DeRaven or whatever her name was. Yeah, Amelia, Amelia De- she was Ravine. In, she yeah, was, yeah, and she was in Brick, too. Okay. Um, and I think he talked about because she did nudity somewhere, rather, and I think he did talk about her at one point. What but... about Elizabeth Mitchell, who plays the lovely Juliet? I'm not sure if he's done that or not, although that's actually a good point. He should, you know, what he ought to do is, I'll suggest this, he ought to do like a, where he takes the top five TV shows of the week, mm-hmm. and just to sort of a, just mix it up a little bit, or like on a slow week, he takes the top five ranked, you know, the top five rated shows uh, of that week, and then he goes over... Uh, you know who's who's nude and whatnot, like in movies, because you know he right. like the L word and stuff. But this would actually be taking network shows and finding out where those actresses yes. have been nude. Yes, like um, Mariska Hartigan. Yes, boy, she's got boy Mariska Hartigan. You want to talk about a girl that's got crazy eyes? She's Very. got flat out like you know, like there's a bunch of boiled bunnies somewhere mm-hmm. because of her. She, with Jungle Mirror, she's hot because her mom is Jane Mansfield, right? Yes. And wasn't she in the car when her mom got decapitated? I don't know. Maybe. See, you know, I think I think that Mariska Hargitay was in the car with her mom when her mom got decapitated. I wonder if she can That listen. makes you crazy. Oh. That would that would really be imprinting, like oh, yeah. there's mommy's head flying in the Yeah, mouth. no, that's uh no, she's got issues that she'll need to work out all over somebody. Who is Mariska? What is she? She's, she's on Law and Order. Yeah. Uh, which one? SVU, I think. Oh, the, yeah. the pretty lady with like the blunt like Short, hair. She yeah. won an Emmy for her role on the program. Yeah, but her mom is Jane Mansfield, uh, who was banging Anton Zandor LaVey, who was the uh, head, leader of the, head, the yeah. Church of Satan. Yeah. Uh, and then her mom got decapitated. And, like, I think Mariska Hargate was, like, five and, like, in the car, like, sitting, like, what's this? Oh, it's my mom's head. And so now if you look at her, she's hot, but there's something broken there. Yes. She's not She's not fixable. Don't so. ever play Susie and the Banshees Kiss Them for Me for Mariska Hargate. Wow. That, that song's all about mommy's head flying off. Jesus. There you go. Uh, Su- boy, just real quickly, and then we'll talk Battlestar, then we'll break. Um, Susie and the Banshees. Right there, uh, Susie Sue, whatever her real name. Yeah. That is, that's a woman who I don't find to be all that attractive, uh, but who I find to be hot. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Something hot about her. Not a conventionally attractive woman, especially now. She's, oh, uh, scary a, looking. It's a bad sort of pockmarking going on there, yeah. but um, I don't find her to be attractive. I find her to be very hot. Very much so. Um, okay, well, Seamus, the same blonde lady with the rifle was the, uh, was the French woman from the bunker. Oh, I was Bunker. thinking that it might have been Danielle. Yeah, Danielle. I don't know. But, but I thought she, that her story was different. No, because she had she, a different story. Yeah, because she had landed there with uh, with a man, right? Exactly. That she was seeing, and then she had the daughter, they and had, they were yeah. living in the hills. So I don't think that happened. No, that I, I don't think so. I'm going to say no on okay. that one. But thank you, Seamus. Good, good one, nonetheless. Battlestar Galactica. We'll talk a little bit more about it yes. with Courtney and uh, Fatboy coming sure. up. But you we should talk about shirt, our right? shirts, though. So <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, so Pat, just a little bit of backstory, and then uh, Pat will have to uh, skedaddle out of here. But I will say that we've had, uh, I think, three or four different times, two of them this week so far, where Chris Paddock and I have showed up wearing substantially similar outfits and occasionally the same outfit. Mm-hmm. I think the day before yesterday, you and I both had uh, sort of um, it's not a pea coat, but it's like a, you know, it's like a brushed wool yeah. gray coat, like, uh, and then we had exactly the same scarf, and it turned out we both got our scarf at the same place. Yes. So we actually, and so as we were coming to work and as we were leaving work, if you saw us then next to each other, coats on, scarves around, we looked exactly the same, yes. uh, especially because the same jeans and so forth. So, and so it's kind of become a running joke that we can't. And then the other day you were wearing that Pac-Man shirt that I almost bought at Threadless, and then I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because you actually purchased it as Thank well. Thank you. I'm really glad about that. And I, when I bought that scarf, I didn't know you back then. Yeah. So the, keep that in mind, too. Yeah. The creepy part is... We bought a lot of these clothing, uh, pieces of clothing without knowing each other. Well, you know what, as the Mormons would say, perhaps we knew each other in the pre-existence. Are we in Zeno? Yes. Yes, we are. Is that the Scientologists? 
I don't know. It's okay. so hard to keep track. I can't. Uh, so today, uh, it is by design, though. Chris Paddock and I are both, and I, I'll take off, I've been wearing this sweater. Yes. Although it's gotten warm in here, and then part of me thinks, That's uh, why I cranked up the heat. not so secretly, off. that Sarah turned up the <laughs> wow. heat. I was going to say, I think that Sarah turned up the heat, so I would have to take like off my sweater. a misery thing going on here. <laughs> now, when she said, because here's the thing, is like, Sarah's never cold. Like, Sarah's never, ever cold in here, and I usually am. And so, she, like, 20 minutes ago, Sarah's like, it's kind of cold. Can I turn up the heat? And I totally knew that was so I would have to do this. <laughs> I have not taken off my uh, my uh, sweater. So uh, Paddock and I are both oh, wearing dude. Aaron's uh, Frack Earth shirt, which we purchased at Geek in the City. And then with the same with like the uh, Long John underneath. Yeah. We've got to get the Thermal picture pond. of you guys to put on your website. We'll wait and do it tonight because apparently uh, you're wearing yours, I'm wearing mine. Aaron is wearing his, uh, I think... Either Scott Dowdy or Jason Crump is going to wear it. Mailman Chris, I think. There's going to be like nine of us all wearing the same shirt. What about uh, Bobby and Court? Are they wearing it? No, they're too cool for us. So, yeah. Anyway, so we're all going to look like retards. Come out and join us, won't you, please? That's kind of it's going to be exciting, and this is why my wife left town. Now I know why. She didn't want to be embarrassed. I swear to God, for a minute, I thought you were going to say this is why my wife left me. Ooh, well. I'm glad that's not the case, though. Thank God. All right. Chris Paddock, ladies and gentlemen, Rock 101, KUFO, and Jammin 107. Five. Thank you. And speaking of Rock 101. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, we're premiering a brand new show, Rick. And uh, it's happening this Sunday night at 7 o'clock. What might that show be? It's called The Punk Show with Lisa Wood and one Sarah Dillon. It's true. We have our playlist already made. I'm really excited. We don't know what the hell we're doing, but we're just going to plow forward, and there's imaging done and everything. Yeah, she's really stoked about this. It's uh, two hours of nothing but punk rock, and uh, it should be very exciting, especially given I hear the, the Warp Tour this summer quite good uh, with uh, Bad Religion headlining. So, I know, there's uh, great, but, and yeah. No Effects is actually no coming back. They um, yep. didn't come in any, because usually when No Effects doesn't play, they'll at least have me first play, and, and they haven't come for, like, I think the past two years. So, yeah, No Effects is coming, and so is, uh, I think, Lagwagon. And, wow. Um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And uh, in a couple months, X will be here, too, at the Crystal Ballroom. I thought so they were, weren't they just here? Well, the, the, that was the Knitters. Was that now? Is that it was just Exine and it's Exine, John? John, uh, DJ Bonebreak, and uh, Dave Alvin. I see. So this is a uh, this is sort of a I don't know. It's a, I, it's a, it's a knockoff. I debated to go into Dante's to see that show, and uh, then I saw the the best thing ever, and it was John Doe on his BlackBerry behind the wheel of the van that he was driving <laughs> the band in. I was like, you know what? I, that's it. John, um, does, John doesn't really seem like he ought to be, be great on a BlackBerry. Working behind the bar and stealing from the till. That doesn't really. That's an image that causes me some cognitive dissonance. I have to say. <laughs> it was weird. He had glasses on. He looked like my. You know, looked like a dad. You know, like, I better check up on the. PTA Seriously, meeting. it'd be like if he was wearing like a gone fishing hat and playing Second Life. <laughs> All right, we'll talk more about wow. it later on. It debuts this Sunday, seven to nine. Chris Paddock, ladies Thank and you. gentlemen. All right, back after this. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seven. You stay right there.
And then they hugged. <laughs> it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. It is, uh, did I just say the phone number? Yes, I did. It is Friday, which means we got uh, Scott Daly coming up later on. Uh, also, Dorothy Carson Sari for the National Enquirer. In just a moment, we'll talk to Cena Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, let's see, we have the uh, top five coming up later on. Top five songs frequently blamed for teenage suicide. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, we've also got Corden uh, Fapo. We're going to step in later on, talk a bit about uh, tonight's upcoming Battlestar Galactica and so forth. And whatnot, and the hey, hey. Uh, if you are on hold, I'm looking at you about man talk, and I'm also looking at you about Mariska Hargate. Uh, do me a huge favor, hang on for just a second. We will get you momentarily, my friends. This, from New York City, is uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Casterman. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? How are you? You sound a little uh, low key today. Oh, I am. You know why? Uh, I had to vacate my studio because uh, the electricians are in there working on some stuff, and uh, so you know, when, when I'm not in the studio environment, uh, it, it's a little different, you know. You just sort of lay back, you know. You're not all, you know. You're not in work mode. Well, you know? here's the thing. I don't know, and and really, he's he's invited us to go see it, and I never have because at least I don't want to see it. Jim Rupa said, like, hey, next time you're in Los Angeles, come by, you know, see the studios, and I kind of don't want to because, look, here's the thing. I'm not saying uh, that this is the case. Because we found out, especially about ten minutes ago, that uh, sometimes people from CNN are just sort of eavesdropping on everything we say, which Lisa found out when she was discussing, I swear to Christ, threesomes about an hour ago. So. Moving on, uh, I, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that, that Jim Roop does this, but you do. Hello? Oh, God. Now, CNN has ended the conversation. They've hit the kill switch. They totally did. That's it. You're done. Well, that's great. I'm sure it's a coincidence. I'm sure one has nothing to do with the other. Uh, hey, Richie, you might want to keep uh, an eye on the phones there for Steve Castabam, who may or may not be calling us back ever again. That's great. Uh, well, we'll get these calls in the meantime and see what. The people have to say hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. What is your name? My name's Kate. Hello, Kate. How are you today? I'm good. How was your uh, day on the classic one to seventy-four uh -huh. scale? Um, I'd say uh, sixty, maybe. Excellent. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, how can I help you today? Well, I was just calling about the Mariska Hargate discussion. Um, happens to be one of my favorite actresses, and I know a little bit about. Um, her mother's accident that you were talking about, Jane so, Mansfield. So let's, just, so let's back up for a second. So Mariska Hargate, so she is the woman, she's on Law & Order SVU? Correct. Okay, yeah, and she's the one, she's hot, but crazy eyes. A crazy eyes, sure, I guess. Yes, so <laughs> what is the, and so she is Jane Mansfield's daughter, and Jane Mansfield uh, was the uh, blonde bombshell, kind of a kind of a mm -hmm. more slatternly uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, they kind of competed for yes. a couple of years, but she was actually a little bit before Marilyn Monroe. So, so. what is it you're going to share with us today, Kate? Well, um, Jane Mansfield was actually uh, decapitated, uh, or nearly decapitated in the car. There's three adults, um, and they kind of drove into the back of a huge semi. That's a thing you don't want to do. Yeah, and um, Mershka and her three brothers were in the back, and they survived. They had some injuries and stuff, but they, none of them actually remember it. Um, so when people bring it up and talk to them, they're like, um, yeah. I oh. don't remember anything. Oh, they don't. Yeah, so. They don't remember it in their brain. They remember it inside, yeah. though. Yeah. Well, because they were all really young. Mershka, I think, was like three or something. And, yeah. Um. But yeah. So she doesn't actually remember much about her mother or about. Here's the, the thing. That... In my head, though, I just like to sort of imagine that she's crazy because it makes her hotter. No, but even if you, even if she says she doesn't remember it, someplace inside of her. Oh, that's right. Probably, yeah. Yes. Yes, Some place in therapy. Here's the thing: is the thing that Kate is like the eyes always give it away. I mean, they can you can try to cover that up, but uh, the eyes are always the the eyes are the window into the asylum within. 
true. Very right. true. Uh, are you a long-time listener, a recent listener? How did you discover our fine program? Actually, I discovered it by my fiance. He's a long-time listener, and um, I've been listening with him for about six months now. And so how do you? I guess I'm... Would you say you feel warmly toward the program? A thumbs up, a thumbs down, somewhere in between? Oh, definitely a thumbs up. I. Surprised I never heard of you guys before, but Excellent. well, we I hear that a lot. Uh, well, I'm surprised you've missed all of the big marketing campaigns they've done for us. The, the, the billboards <laughs> and were everywhere. And everything. They were on oh, the were they? No, yeah, you couldn't get away from. Them. I'm surprised. In fact, uh, if you're on, the, if you're downtown right now, look, you'll probably see one. They were, they're up everywhere. Oh, okay. Right. I'll look well, around. Thanks, I thank, down there. thank you, Kate. You call us anytime. <laughs> of course. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, all right, we'll get to the rest of these calls here in a second. Let's rejoin. Can we try this again? Yes. Hello, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. That How are so you today? Strange. That was so strange uh, how the phone line just died out just as you were talking about uh, CNN people eaves eavesdropping on us. Oh, I'm sure that was just happenstance. By the way, you should note that the prep sheet claims you're in Los Angeles today. What's going on? Uh, somebody <laughs> else uh, said that too. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, we had a, a, uh, all of a sudden a bunch of people uh, were out sick. Mm -hmm. uh, at, and so I think there was a last-minute scramble to, uh, you know, change the schedule around. Well, these are cost-cutting times, Steve. Maybe they've just, uh, maybe they've just recruited some guys who are like standing down at the work for a day place to come in and type your prep sheets for you. It, it looks like it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't even. What, we were talking about something or other. Blah blah blah. Something. I don't even remember how we got into the lease of it. What were we talking about? Um, we were talking about how I sounded laid back. Oh, yeah, and so I was, anyway, so speaking of Los Angeles, real quickly here. Uh, so my thing is, whenever I listen to Jim Roop, I swear to God, it sounds sometimes as though he is leaning back in like a creaky chair, putting his feet up on the desk somewhere, and then, of course, but in my head, because it's Los Angeles and because I just was raised by the television, in my head, it's Jim Roop inside an empty office, leaning back in a chair, feet up on the desk, Telephone in his hand with the coily cord. The office, the rest of the office is empty except for a coat rack on which is hung a fedora and his, uh, you know, his his sports coat. And he's got a bottle of booze. And there's one of those old school like oscillating fans uh, with the big metal blades inside. Window open, and he's waiting for the dame to come in who smells like danger. <laughs> That's a really good L.A. picture. You made it sound like a like a private eye. Sure, like a like a Raymond Chandler character or something. Yeah, you know, sort of the I news. Don't, I don't... I don't know. Um, I don't know him well enough to to tell you what his habits are in the office, whether he'd be you know leaning back that way or not. No, the only so, thing I'm the only thing that I think is true is the drunk part, but everything else is just conjecture. It's a strong possibility. So, but but that is kind of his thing. And you were talking about how you being out of the office makes you different. As, as Sarah will tell you, that I'm a creature of habit. I'm a slave to my routine. And if anything gets changed, like if I ever have to do the show in a different place or in a different way, or Jesus, God help me, if a light bulb goes out or something, then I just get all crazy and nutty, whatever. So it's okay, Steve. These, these, playing through such changes is what makes you a professional. Thank you. Well, it also might be because uh, as soon as I get off this phone call, I'm heading out the door uh, and uh, going uh, skiing. Excellent. Big, yeah. uh, big plans for your uh, big game weekend? You know, they did have 20 inches of snow in Vermont in a 24-hour period, so... Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be a good uh, good weekend. Excellent. Right. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the prep sheet saying you're in Los Angeles, and I think perhaps be just being typed by Gibbons at this point, it actually has the same uh, slug for the three days, for the third day in a row. It says, hey, even in this terrible economy, there are still some, <laughs> I swear to God, how many days in a row has this been your lead? Even I, I know what it is, but I, you, know, I, you don't even have to tell me. It's, it's because it's, it was supposed to be a, a week-long series uh -huh. where I... Um, uh, do a different um, topic off of the top 100 uh, places to work list. Right. So one day it was, you know, who's paying the best. Yeah. Another day it was who's hiring. 
the other day was, you know, who's got the best perks. That's no, really, whoever's doing uh, the prep sheet, really, they come from the, uh, they come from, they got an advanced degree in the Control-C, Control-V uh, School of Journalism Preparation. <laughs> so uh, that's all yeah. I'm saying. Well, that being, uh, that being said, uh, what would you be talking about today uh, if I had an accurate prep sheet and was able to introduce the subject? Actually, unfortunately, this morning, one of my stories was uh, was accidentally left off the prep sheet. I had to deal with uh, the housing market and how uh, just yesterday uh, the new home sales had plummeted while a couple of days earlier we saw a big increase in sales and purchases of pre-existing homes. So that was that's one thing I did today. But then you know what happened today? We got like, I mean, these two stories blow that out of the water. Uh, did you hear about the gross domestic product announcement? No. Uh, um, Lisa is talking about this a little bit in D.C., but I'm touching upon it, too. Uh, the gross domestic product came out. And it was the worst we've seen, uh, the worst dip since 1982. The gross domestic product down 3.8%. And I've been listening all day to our business reporters at CNN, and, and they're saying that some sectors of the economy have literally just shut down. That's how bad it is right now, uh, housing and construction for one of them. And so while that comes out, then Exxon announces its profits for 2008. Uh, can you guess how much money Exxon made in 2008 when the price of oil was up in the 140 a barrel range? I have no idea. Well, I will uh, bring you the news. Uh, Exxon has made the largest profit ever for an entire year for any American company. Well, ever. good for them. How, how 40, nice for them. I'm, and $45.22 I'm, Even better in that story is the, almost, uh, the, the certainty that they are passing all of that profit on to their workers. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, what's interesting about it is, is in the third quarter, their uh, their profits uh, actually plummeted because you know how the bottom fell out of the oil market and all of a sudden gas went from being like four twenty a gallon yeah. to uh, yeah to, to being like uh, almost a dollar again. So, you know, so uh, their uh, their their profits plummeted and were down thirty three percent. So if you were not wise and didn't sell your your stock when it was uh, at in the one forties. Uh, you really lost out big time because the price of a barrel of oil went down, you know, into the mid-30s for a while. Now it's in the low 40s. So the, if you stuck with the stock the entire year, you only gained $1.55 a share. That's great. Hey, I have a question. for. Actually, I have three small questions for you. Uh, yeah. First small question, and this is and it's actually not small. It's kind of a broad question. Here's something I don't understand with my tiny human brain. So... You've got all of these sectors of the economy that are shutting down, and the business is going under, and people shuttering up their stores, and folks getting kicked out in the street and whatever. But I guess what I don't really understand is, like, there's only a finite amount of money. So my whole thing is, if you follow, like, like at the bottom, you have the guy who has to move out of his house because he can't pay the rent anymore. And then that's because the company he works for fired him, and that's because... The company that owns them is cutting back, and that's because of, you know, something else. And so it goes up and up and up and up. And so my whole thing is, like, at the top, like, there had to be an, an er event. Like, there was there was a genesis point where some guy knocked over the wrong domino and, like, poof, everything just went bad, right? So my whole thing is, like, who is that guy? Like, uh, like, it was more than a guy. It was a, it was a system that was in place, and it, and it all goes back to the uh, derivatives market, as they call it, which was selling the uh, the mortgages, those... those um, you know, those ARM mortgages were the first five years, right. you know, so those special deals. It all goes to, uh, back to that because they started giving credit to people who shouldn't have had credit. And naturally, when it came time to increase uh, the uh, interest rates and in all of those loans, people didn't have the money to 
uh, pay for the increase, cover the cost of the increased payments. They couldn't get a new mortgage at a, a 30-year fixed rate. You know, they were told, don't worry, you'll be able to, uh, you know, um, do it, get another mortgage and, and, you know, it'll be fine by then, you know, because the value of your home will increase. Well, you tell it to enough people and it doesn't happen. And here's, here's how you should know that you need to worry about something. It's when a guy says something to you in that tone of voice, don't worry about it. It'll all, uh, it'll, it'll fix itself. Somehow. <laughs> right. That's sort of the, you know what it is? That's, uh, and this is just me saying this. You don't, have, of course, have to agree with this statement. My editorial, uh, uh, content here will consist of the following statement. The guy at the bank who, like, when you don't have 20% down for a house, uh, and and when you like well but look I uh, well what is your job well I dress in a foam rubber uh, taco and then I go on the corner and I dance like an idiot and I try to get people to buy discounted Mexican food really well would you like to buy a two million dollar house would I ever and then you have the conversation and then you at some point say well look um, you know the, the taco market is uh, subject to, to flux I uh, they may not need me to dance on the corner every day maybe it's just a Monday through Wednesday kind of a thing. How am I going to keep paying for this house? And the guy at the bank says, don't worry about it. It'll all be taken care of. It'll all be fixed. That is sort of like the, uh, that is like the uh, Christian scientist approach to, uh, to uh, your personal economy. You know, you don't actually have to do anything or work. It, somehow a magical specter somewhere will take care of it. It's all just going to be fine. You don't need well, to know how. Basically, uh, a lot of people, uh, about 10% of the housing market, uh, was told, uh, 10% of the purchases that were made within a certain time period, those people were told that, uh, and that's, uh, that were told, you know, if you don't sell your house within five years before this, uh, mortgage resets and the interest climbs, don't worry about it. We'll ref you'll refinance. Uh, you, you shouldn't have a problem. Well, of course, all those people qualified for these arms, for these, uh, adjustable rate mortgages because they couldn't qualify for the better mortgage. Of course. You know? So my yeah. second of three things is, and this is a, another big question, I apologize, but now the worse and worse and worse things get, you get, I don't know, there's this weird thing going on in America for the last, I don't know, like year and a half, two years. For the last three years, there has been no bad time ever to buy a house. It's like right. become this weird, you know what it is? It's become like some sort of weird real estate horoscope where whatever you're looking for, you can see something to prove your point. Because for the last five years, people are telling my wife and I, you got to buy a house. There's never been a better time to buy a house. Well, it turns out there was almost like almost any other time would have been a better time to buy a house. Because now everybody's having to go out and they're having to live on an egg crate. But, but now... I am again hearing the people come out of the woodwork from the other direction going, no, no, no. Now, seriously, everything's in the crapper. Now is the best time to buy a house, which I instinctively disbelieve because I heard that for like the last three years. What is the no, truth, to, Steve? To, to be honest, right now is the best time to buy an already existing home. Uh, you don't want to buy new construction right now, but you, what you want to do is you want to go out there. Here's what you want to do. <laughs> I want to capitalize on the misery of others. Just say Here's what you got to do, you know. Um, isn't that how Ross Perot uh, started his uh, his advice sessions on the Phil Donahue show? Here's what you got to do. Also, Jim Varney. Jim Varney, okay. Yeah. Uh, what you what you want to do is you want to find these homes that uh, decreased in value significantly. You know, the average cost of a of a home in, in the U.S. went uh, from something like two hundred and forty six thousand down to like two hundred thousand or, mm -hmm. or along those lines. Right now, uh, you got to find one of those homes that decreased in value and. The owner is, needs to get it off their hands quickly because everybody else in the block is already foreclosed, you, you, you know, or it's about to fore, be foreclosed on. And you got to find one of those homes that has gone down significantly in value over the last year and buy that home because eventually, over the, and live in it long term. Don't think of it as a flip. 
and eventually you're going to make a nice size profit on your home because the market, the housing market, isn't going to stay. Uh, in, in the dumper all, all forever. I, I, I do have to say, look, and I don't know anything about anything, but over the last couple of years, you would get these idiots who were just like, no, 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 the thing is to buy a house and then flip it. And clearly that was because they watched five minutes of Ty Pennington on television and decided that they went and bought, like, a paintbrush and some duct tape. No, 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 I can flip this and sell it for three times the... Uh, Three times the property. No, sir. You yeah. you are functionally illiterate and shouldn't be allowed in your money at all. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh uh, no, I'm just. Uh, I was just going to say my my final thing though uh, is this, uh, and I offered this to Amanda Moyer, uh, and she didn't say no, but she said yes in a way that indicates that it was really a no. So I'm going to toss this your direction. I think this is fascinating. Because okay. we get the whole economy, you know, as somebody on CNN said the other day, well, frankly, Anderson, things just suck. So, Steve, <laughs> here's how you can capitalize on the suck. Uh-huh. The Super Bowl, I'm sorry, the big game is coming up on Sunday. And, uh, you know, everybody's buying like $3 million ads and whatever. Here's uh, something that I think the American people would like to read. Because I know what the people like. The people like red meat, as they say. Here's some red meat that the American people would like to read. I'd like to read an article where you take everybody who bought one of these like $3 million ads in the Super Bowl. You find out those companies. You find out how much they paid for their advertising in the Super Bowl, and then you see if they fired anybody over the last six months because they couldn't afford to keep them. Oh, I like that. I'm yeah. just telling you right now, that's that's the sort of thing that the American people wants to be reading right now. Just like, you know, the uh, the, the Citibank... Uh, um, exactly. Right. As, yeah, uh, as Diana Christensen once said, uh, they are looking for someone to articulate the popular rage, sir, and that is an article that would get uh, forwarded around like nobody's business. The big game thing and, and copyright uh, regarding what it's actually called. I know that I'm allowed to say the Super Bowl is happening this Sunday because I work in the uh, realm of journalism. Well, Can it just not be in advertising? Yeah, that's it's exactly what Sarah just said. That people actually, I'm, I'm sort of uh, having a little fun because people who listen to the radio will often ask because it jumps out at you, right? It's like the big game is sort of like that is the football equivalent of like in a movie when it's five 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 seven three two one, and of course you know that five 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 is like a fake ass number. Um, right. The deal with uh, with radio, at least, and I can't speak for television, but the deal with radio is that if you are doing a commercial announcement of any kind, like we uh, have a fine sponsor, a place called Dublin, the Dublin down, which is an Irish pub, and they're going to be showing... You're kidding. (laughs) No, so I have have the copy, so I do live commercial reads for them, but, um, you know, and it's covered with Super Bowl stuff, but I can't say anything like that, so I have to just always refer to it as the big game. And that is actually, there is a big book that I get from CBS Legal every year, which is just a team of people sitting in an office trying to ruin everybody's fun. And they, (laughs) every year, they send out this big thing saying, I should bring it in someday and read it. And it says, just a reminder to all programming and air staff... No mention of the Super Bowl or Super Bowl 44 or whatever it is is allowed in any commercial mention. So if you are doing it just as a news story or like right now, hey, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? That's great. But if I were to say, hey, come on down to Bob's Eatery this weekend, we're going to be showing the Super Bowl on the big screen. Can't do that. You have to say the big game. Here's some other things you can't do. You also can't name the teams. Uh, you can name. Really? That is exactly. Oh, you can't name. I was going to no. name. I was going to say the teams. Don't do that. Okay, I won't. Please don't do these things. All I know is that, all I know is that the, it's a Steelers. Didn't you somebody. get the memo? Um, I should actually bring those memos anyway. Well, you know what? Clearly, uh, clearly uh, no one. So um, I should actually bring the memo in because here's the other thing you can't do. Uh, if you're doing an ad, can't mention the Super Bowl. Can't mention Super Bowl whatever by the name. You can't mention the cup they're going to win. You can't even say NFL championship. Um you, here's this what you has get, to be recent. I mean, this can't be something that's always been in place. It's been in place ever since I've been in Portland. Uh, here's some other things you can't do. Can't name the team. So you, if you're doing a commercial spot, can't say Cardinals, can't say Steelers. You know what you can say? You can say Pittsburgh. 
You can say Pittsburgh. You can say, what is it, St. Louis or whatever? Mm-hmm. You can say yeah. St. Louis and Pittsburgh. Can't say Cardinals or Steelers. Weird. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So that's, says, uh, I don't get affected by this because I'm always talking about it in the context of, well, uh, so of a you, news story. Yeah, you can lie and say it's news. I mean, not lie, but you know what I mean. You can, you can, <laughs> you can find – that's what we do. We lie and say it's news. But, I mean, yeah, you can find any way to sort of say, no, 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 it is a news story, therefore I can – but in an ad, yeah, you can't do any of that, any of that stuff. That explains what I heard this morning. I was listening to a radio station on my way in, and they kept playing a promo about a, a party that was going on. By on the Sunday. way, you just yeah. did you just did a conversational version of that. I heard you do it just now. You went, well, by the way, Rick, I was listening to another radio station on the way to work when clearly you were listening to 1010 Winds. Am I right? No, 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 no. This was actually like a music station. Ah, okay. So they were promoting their party on Sunday, uh, and um, and they were poking fun at what they – what what you couldn't say, and they kept bleeping out part yeah. of the word Super Bowl. So. Yeah, you can bleep it. Actually, that's the thing. You can bleep it. Um, can you say? And you can't say bowl either, can you? I don't believe so. That is a. I'm not a lawyer, Sarah, but uh, what it is seems this world that coming to. I want to. I want to err on the side of. Call. Well, that is. But that's the fault of the NFL. That is an overly litigious uh, uh, sporting organization that just decides to sue everybody under. Because there's nothing. Uh, nothing that inspires more customer loyalty than suing people who are. Uh, you know, your customers are trying to promote your things. Right. That's a. They should. It, we clearly, uh, when it came to how to run a business, like the music industry has decided to follow uh, the example of major sports franchises. Here's how you keep customers: sue them. <laughs> and by the way, make sure that you don't let anybody do anything that might actually uh, like promote or raise interest in your product. Yeah. So don't ever let anybody do that. Well, Metallica didn't help that either. No, yeah. no, they did not, sir. No. Uh, are you rooting for a team this Sunday in the big game? Not at all. Uh, you know, I'm 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 not a fan of either one. So good for you. Yeah. Well, thanks for not like faking it though, because that would have been worse. Are you a fan of drinking beer in the middle of the afternoon? Um. And getting caught in the rain. Mi- middle of the afternoon. Uh, beer. Um. Yeah, beer in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, definitely. What uh, time do you switch to hard liquor? Uh, probably around 7 p.m. All right, excellent. I would I would say that's well, no, at 7 p.m. is it's the wine, and then about you know maybe maybe nine or. Uh, 9:30. You got to switch over to uh, some good. Uh, Please tell me that you have like a thing, like an alert in your BlackBerry, <laughs> that like beep, 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 beep. Time to switch to you know to whiskey or whatever. No, no, no. But uh, but you know it just hits you. It's like you know I could use a nice uh, Scotch in the Rocks right now. By Are the you way, Scotchman. Yes. Okay. And just as a side note here, one final thing about this because I, as you know, I can talk about the media uh, forever. Uh, you used to see this is something you don't see anymore. They've I think they've just dropped all the pretense. But you used to watch like the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Carson used to do another thing like the the big game where he would say this he would like he'd be bringing on like Mark Harmon and he would say Mark Harmon uh, can be seen in Sane Elsewhere which airs uh, I guess it wouldn't be Mark Harmon because they were both on NBC but he would say okay he'd say this uh, Johnny Carson would say um, Loretta Swit can be seen su- uh, Wednesdays at 7:30 p.m. in the show Mash which airs on another network and that's what they used to say and I think at a certain point I think it was Letterman that finally just said f that like you know he he's on you know everybody loves Raymond it's on ABC. So right. everybody's just so afraid that, like, you have secret knowledge that other people aren't allowed to have somehow, so you can't point out that, like, something's on NBC or that it's, like, the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Not a world of men, Steve. It's a world it's of not. clock watchers it's, and pencil I mean, pushers. Part of the uh, – sorry about that. It's part of the uh, – Do you keep hitting the phone with your nose? Is that you? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Is that on your side? Because I'm not even touching the keyboard on my side. Isn't that weird? Dude, the phone is, like, three feet away from me. I, are you having, a, like, a handheld phone? Like, are you hitting it with your face or something? Maybe that's what it is. Here, look at your phone and see if you hit any numbers. Are you swollen in some way? Let me look at the screen. Hold on. Uh, Today on the Rick Emerson Show, Steve Kastamon looks at his phone. No, no. I just have the 10 digits there. I don't know what's going on. You know what we should do? We should block out hours of radio time to find out what's happening. (laughs) 
Oh, what a great way to end a Friday. Seriously, you know, you know what? It's, you know, it amuses me and it amuses Sarah, and that's really what counts. Other people are amused. That's great, too. Um, all right, my friend. Well, uh, be safe. Uh, enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks a lot. Go right. on, guys. Steve Kastenbaum. I That's love it when You know, back when I used to have, like many years ago, I had this bad beard thing. And it's like if I talked on the phone, like a phone with a big keypad, like my it, the facial hair was it. Like if I tried to hold the phone close enough to my ear, like the facial hair would depress like a zero. Giant earrings. I have yeah. to take out my earrings when I talk on the phone. Yeah, I was just people, like jabbing the phone somehow. All right. Well, it's one. So I guess we have to. Jesus, it's one. It's one. I'm halfway done with this stupid show. How did that even happen? I do not know. All right. Um, well... How about that? All right, we're going to come back. Here's what's uh, still to come. Uh, we have Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer, Scott Daly from Film Fever Radio. We got uh, today's top five. Uh, let's see what else. And uh, High Concept Friday. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. A brave man beats a man named Fam with a fan as he wrestles to get out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam was beaten with a fan. What is going on in this news story? Well, our shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked down the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs for the oscillating fan. Fan like ham? Right. Okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong Fan. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and Fan. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay. I love this show. I love Tim Riley. So do I. Let's all stop and give him a mental hug right now. See, mental hugs are the best kind for him because we are not touching him. And we're done. All right, excellent. That was a long hug. It's the only kind worth giving, sir. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. By the way, I know this sounds like another uh, cheap, like, set him up knock him down joke, but I keep forgetting to bring in the ADD test for you. And uh, so it's it's at home. Here's the thing, though. is It's not even so much that I forget. I mean, that's part of it. But it's also that I filed it away somewhere. Uh, like in my pile, in my scrapbooking, I filed it away somewhere in one of my boxes of things at home. Um, well, you said it's one of those things that you can't find on the internet, right? Well, because I think because you have to charge for it. Or I something? think well, I think technically it's supposed to be done by a doctor in a doctor's office. Um, it, it was just stupid. But then why I, not do it live on the air? So I would, so I would bring it in. Mine's already filled out, but I would bring it in. I would just verbally quiz you. I would just be like an oral exam about like your ADHD uh, tendencies. Do or you whatever. remember like any of the questions? Do you yeah. have, like a sample question? I don't see. I really don't, unfortunately. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. No, I don't. And and so I, it just went into this big box. I mean, I, in my basement, I have boxes and boxes and boxes of radio stuff. And I try to be very organized about most things. But you know how it's like there's a junk drawer under the microwave where you just stuff everything? In, in terms of my radio stuff, 
I haven't bothered to organize or go through or file or, or, or categorize any of my radio stuff in years. And so it's just boxes that are just sort of bulging at the seams. And every time I get a handful of new radio stuff I want to save, I just <clears throat> goes right into the box. And I know that my ADD test is in there, I think, because it was because we'd sort of use it as a bit and whatever because I'm all crazy and whatnot. So um, anyway, I'll find it this weekend. I'll bring it in and we'll give you the, uh, we'll give you the quiz and so you can take it into your... Uh, then you can go into your shrink and you can say, I don't know, I think I might have. Because did your shrink? I never did find the card with the book that she told me. See, to but get. that sounds like BS to me because I'm sure your shrink's a good person, not like mine. Uh, told me I was wasting my time and money. Why would you? I mean, look, even if it That's was horrible. true, why would you say that to me? I mean, even if you thought it to be the case, I mean, I guess there's something to be said for blunt honesty and for not beating around the bush. But no one you're trying to better yourself by t- speaking with someone about your problems. Sitting in the office, feeling all, uh, you know. Feeling all whatever you feel when you're in the shrink's office. And it's, well, i got to tell you, I think you're wasting your time and your money. That's that just not a thing up. you want to hear. That's messed up. I hadn't even finished my herbal tea Did yet. Did you see if she had, like, a Ph.D. or anything? It wasn't a she. Oh. I think you need to, I think, I know that you don't like to see the lady shrinks, but maybe they're, they'd be a better fit for you. Here's the thing. Were you drinking Perrier? Oh, your voice got all go. echoey there for a second. Um, here's the thing about female shrinks. It's not that I. Uh, it's not that I don't like female shrinks. It's that I kind of like them too much. Mm. In the sense that I'm. I just find myself just trying to be funny and entertaining and like putting on a. Yeah, I've never seen a male shrink. No, it's see now. Would you have the same thing? Yeah, I think so. I don't. Yeah. Because you would. Think so. Then mm. try to be the charmer. Yes. Oh what? No, I was gonna. <laughs> what I was going to say is. Um, It would just be my guess, Sarah Dillon, uh, and we should say for the record, you're substantially less crazy than I am. But it would be my guess that it would be my guess that an even reasonably attractive male psychiatrist would be someone to whom you would be instantly attracted. Probably because that's a. I don't say daddy thing. You know what I mean? It's like a that's a thing. There's a certain. No, I don't, I don't, uh, no if he was younger, certain, and I'm not. I don't like. But an older. older men. Oh really? No. So you would like an older uh, hot shrink? You wouldn't be into. Mm-mm. Really? So you have to shrink about your age? Yeah, which well, seems not about unlikely. My, probably about like uh, like mid thirties. All right. Okay. No, so. I'm not, no, I've, I've never been into older men. All right. Okay. I know. See, I, I have, but then I have a... friends who are primarily into older men. Which I is thought that crazy. wasn't true. I thought when you were younger, you dated a guy that was a lot older. No, when I was eighteen, I dated a guy who was twenty-eight. Oh, okay. Well, that's. I mean, yeah. that doesn't really count. That's, that's the biggest age gap. That's not. That's that's still not a huge deal because I mean, that's yeah. ten years, but it's still he's still relatively young. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. I don't know count. But see, to me though. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, he's almost forty now. Oh, see, now here's the weird thing about this. Um, it, it's funny you, you mentioned um that because. It, here's the thing though. I was actually thinking about that. I was thinking about that sort of in terms of me the other day for no readily apparent reason. I was thinking because you know, like when I was, you know, I don't know, like. 18, 19, 20, 21, I kind of always had this thing for older women. It was all, I was like, very much had this thing for women who were like, you know, like 35 and up, uh, you know, or whatever, just women who were in their mid-30s and older. And so it was actually, to be fair, it was actually my wife who asked me this the other day because we were talking about something or other, and we were just, and this is the great thing about Lara, she and I can have these conversations, and it's mm-hmm. like not, neither of us goes mental about it or whatever, but we were talking about something or other, and Lara actually said, she goes, so, you know, when you were younger, because she knows, she knows my old deal. She's like, when you were younger, you know, younger, you were really into, like, like older women. She's like, now, she's like, is it weird uh, that, like, now uh, women, like, you're, that, like, women your own age are now in that old, you know, older women are now women your own age. Like, oh, that's weird. I'm the age of the guy that was dating an 18-year-old. That, see, that's, that's what I'm creepy. saying. See, that's the thing. And so what was an older woman to me uh, when I was, like, 18, 19, 20, it's like those women are now my peers. And so 
so it was kind of a backhanded way of asking if I was still if I still found women who were like 35 and up to be hotter than women who were like younger. Or if as I got older, I was just going to be like every other guy who's like, oh, now I'm more into 19-year-olds or whatever. And mm-hmm. I don't really know the answer to that. My point, though, is... I've usually... It's funny. I've usually ranged... I've usually dated people who are three or four years older than me. So because you... And I was there... I don't know, because like the, the last few... The last three men I've dated... Well, no. One of them was my age. So the farmer was my age. But the three men, you know, around him... Uh, all 31. Now, have you given any thoughts of why that is? Why they're all know. slightly older, but not that much older? It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. Because it seems like a, most of them graduated, because I graduated high school in 98, it seems like most of the men I did graduated in 95. Hmm. Be- because but that was when I was a freshman in high school, so I'm like, did I have some, like, thing, like senior thing? Or? Well, and because you, uh, you got this whole, if I could just speak honestly, because you, you got, I see, here's the thing about you, is you got this whole weird power dynamic thing, uh, though, that I, that, that is... That is that is great, but I think it also adds a layer a layer of complications to some of your relationships. You've got a you've got a whole you've got a weird push pull thing um, with with power dynamics in relationships, mm-hmm. which is why, by the way, this is why you were freaking out about having left your business card for the guy the other day. Oh yeah, uh, this no, because is... it makes me because it's not something that I do. Like, because I thought he was cute, so I'm like, okay, I'll leave my business card and maybe he'll call. Which, for the record, he hasn't, and I feel like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so, laughing that he hasn't called. I'm just laughing that you're just the sort of way you put it out that you just spat it out. No, I'm such a. I, I feel like such a douchebag. Yeah. So I went out, you know, and I I saw that guy at the bar, and my friend Jessica was still there. And so when I was leaving it, I gave her my business card, and I'm like, Hey, you know, give this to this, this guy. Tell him if he thinks I'm cute. You know, right. call. I think he's have him check him. one and then pass it back to me. So I, could I be more childish? And so I leave, you know, and call her an hour later, and we were talking about something else. And then she's like, oh, I'm like, Oh, what about? I'm like. What, what, did, the, what guy, did the did what did the hot guy do? say? And Kimmy's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, she's like, I know him. He's single. He's cute. She's like, and he said that he thought that you were that you were really hot. And I'm like, all right, score. My phone is not ringing. <laughs> now when was and this? and you want the punchline is this was on Tuesday night, and the greatest part about this is that the bar that I was at, uh, that I left the business card at, that the man never called me. Uh, I have to go there tonight for a birthday oh, party. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, not for you, but um, so so you I am go, kind of freaking out. <laughs> so you go there Tuesday. He's a bartender. Did you give now? I I because no, we had like little. So you didn't chat. give the card directly to him. No, no, I gave. Did you write down your cell number on the back, or was it like the business? No, line? it's the it's the cards that uh, Kelsey made for me for my birthday. Oh, I see. Okay, this so is so it like has the, my cell phone number. The on personal the friend of Sarah Dillon cards. So you gave it to a friend to give to the guy, mm-hmm. and you're like, now where you had you had a few? No, I'd only had like two drinks, which and, you know that's not. And right. the me- was the message like, tell him I think he's cute. Yeah, that's what I told him. I'm like, I'm like, hey, I think this guy's cute, and I'm like. I'm like, uh, when I leave, I'm like, give him my, because I was there with my friend Jay, and I didn't want him to think, you know, that that, that I was, like, seeing him or, you know, like, that Jay was my boyfriend. Now, here's a question. I mean, not that you're not world famous and all, because you are, but is there a chance that he looked at the card and couldn't quite remember who you were, and that's what he hasn't called? Like, yeah. could he have looked at this and gone, oh, well, I know he hasn't listened to the show. Only chick with one eye. Because Jessica said, like, yeah, I was talking to him, and he never listened to the show. And so, so is it possible that he doesn't remember... Uh, who you are, and therefore he's a little reluctant because maybe he doesn't. Well, no, we had spoken, and it wasn't very busy in there. Mm. Uh-huh. And we and cause, and I was sitting there talking with Jessica, and like all three of us had a conversation. So I didn't mean to throw. And so, so that was Tuesday. He hasn't called you back, and then tonight you got to go to a birthday party there. Do you know if he's going to be working? Actually, when we were talking, have you thought about calling ahead to find out? Hey, is uh, Ted going to be working no, tonight? No, when we were talking before I left the business card, I'm just, uh, we were talking about working. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm actually coming back here. On Friday, and because um, it's you know going to be a huge birthday party, it's like you know nine of my friends are having their birthday party here. So oh, that's great, Sarah. I'll be here too. That's what he's saying. He's just like, yeah, I don't think I'm scheduled to work, but I'll I'll probably have to come in if it's really busy. This is, but you know, here, but here's the thing. So this is, but this is part of it. This is like 
this is part of your weird uh, power dynamic is like on the one hand, see, here's the thing about you is since you can sit and lecture me endlessly about how Kelly Clark is my type right before. <laughs> by the way, I don't mean to sound creepy, but right before she and it's not like I put her next to me in the studio by design, incidentally. It's not like I said, hey, Kelly Clark, the only chair and microphone that work are the ones right next to me. It's like that was Liz Hummer was already here. Uh, and so, like, Kelly comes in and uh, sits down next to me, looking um, very lovely, I might add, mm-hmm. wearing a shirt that might not have, have been, uh, the, you know, the right size. Uh, oh, my God. I'm just saying she was dressed in a very, uh, uh, it, she looked very nice. And I'm just saying she might have washed that Her on and hot. Both. I'm surprised your head didn't explode with all the pretty yeah. girls in here. She, um, that might have been a dry clean only uh, shirt that she put through the dryer, is my point. That seemed very okay, much to be the case. Okay. I'm just saying, so I'm just saying, my my point is... But I was doing my best to not be distracted anyway. And, and of course, what does Sarah do? Is, is Sarah's always the voice of support right beforehand. And whatever you do, try not to uh, try not to grow up with this time because she, you know, she's your type and all. All right, that's it. Have a good show. Bye. You know, and then like Kelly appears. So, but this is like the this is like the power dynamic you have because on the one hand. Here's the thing. It's like you. No, on the one hand, I want to be treated like a lady, but on the other hand, I don't want to be um, stepped on. Here's the thing. But you want powerful guys that you can eventually overpower. That's the thing. That's what it is. But I like to be put in my place too, because I don't like it. Because I've dated. Um. Yeah, I've dated. You know, powerful whatever, like outspoken, you know, loud, aggressive men. men. Exactly. Who say that they want an independent woman, and then when they get one, they realize right. that they want a fan and, you know, right. not somebody right. who's off doing their own thing. So is it... Uh, and then when I, and then I've also had the opposite end of the spectrum where, yeah, we're some, we're, you know, a guy, we seem level at the beginning, and then he lets me walk off. Yeah, over. he's a beta, beta male. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the, here's Steve Jobs, and I can tie anything into Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs has this whole thing he, that is described in the book, Icon, and Steve Jobs I see a lot of similarities, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm just like Steve Jobs, but they, somebody was describing some. They were describing Steve Jobs, and it had you know you ever get that shock of self recognition when mm-hmm. you read about somebody, you're like, my God, it's like looking into a mirror. They were talking about Steve Jobs and the way that he dealt with other people at the office, and they said the deal with Steve Jobs is the dynamic at Apple is Steve Jobs loves for people to disagree with him. You know, he's like that. You, you know, it's the whole thing of like, if you're smart, you surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you because that's the only way you're going to get the best answer. So Steve Jobs' whole thing is he wants you to disagree, he wants you to challenge, he wants you to push back against him, but also at the bottom, you know, when all is said and done, you got to know that like the decision is his. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you go into a boardroom with Steve Jobs, and Steve Jobs will be like, people, I think this is what we need to do with the new MacBook, and discussion ensues, and there's like two two hours of people fighting, and at the end, he takes it all in, and he goes. All right, we've had two hours of vigorous debate, discussion. Many of you telling me this is exactly the wrong idea. Many of you thinking it's the right idea. All of us pushing back and forth, uh, fighting for our respective ideas. Now, I alone, Steve Jobs, will make the final decision. Thank you. You may go. <laughs> That's the, so that is completely... He, so he wants to fight with people, but at the end, he wants to have the button he can press. And, 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 and I'll tell you a little secret, friends and neighbors, which will not surprise you, that I'm exactly the same way, which is... Um, I. Somebody uh, that I have worked with for a long time now, and I have had to uh, have had many, 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 Joni. Joni and I have had fights like you would not even. Oh, you guys, I could. You guys are. Joni and I have had fights. I've seen you when you guys are tiffy. You guys are like like twelve-year-old girls, just like. But it's like, and we'll have those fights that it's like 
in the middle of it, you're thinking, like, it's so bad you'll never speak to each other again. Like, mm-hmm. ev- we've had fights where every fight you, like, think this is it. Like, it's done. But then we sort of, we come back to it because we find of figured out a way that works. And But I think your thing with guys is you want guys to push you and push you and push you. But at the end, you want to be able to put your foot down and have to find a word on it. I'd say that's a fair assessment. And, and uh, so, yeah. So I think that's the, is, is you end up getting guys who seem independent, but then the first time you push, push them, they break. Or you get guys who push back, and then, I don't mean this physically, but you get guys who push back and then start punching back, and mm-hmm. then they, and then it just turns out that they're not aggressive, they're just a-holes. No, that's exactly it. Like, I've, I've, I've dated, um, that's my pattern. That's what my therapist and I yeah. talked about. Cause that's my pattern, because yeah, I'll, I'll date strong men instead of, you know, trying to have a give-take kind of relationship. It, yeah, it either buckles or else, yeah, they start resenting me right. because I, you know, cause I stand up for what I think. And so my thing with the shrink is, this is why... You know, the male shrink is, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know what it is with the male shrink. And here's, okay, okay, and if I can also be creepy for a second. And then I swear to God, we got a break. And we, and then we'll stop our... We'll stop making everybody else <laughs> listen to Stop making me even more freaked out for the night. Shrink session. Be like, hey, I'm the douchebag that left well, your business Well, see, but card. that's the thing. I was going to talk about the power dynamic. Because that's the thing is, you don't like, in my opinion, Sarah, mm-hmm. you, just, you just don't like the fact that you made the first movie and he didn't respond. Oh, because, I know. Because here's the thing, you know, it's not something I do. And I used to work with a girl named Barb in uh, Utah, and uh, uh, I guess that's not really important. But the point is, a girl I knew named Barb, and she said one of the most profound things I have ever heard, and one of those things that is obvious, but she'd never really, um, she'd never really put it this way before. Uh, she said, "The person who cares the least always has the upper hand in the relationship." And the thing is, if you leave a card for the bartender, he doesn't call you back. You're more invested than he is, and so he's got a little bit over you. Well, Whether he's even consciously doing it or not, it's like he's got that I don't even hand. know his name. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, so, but it just, but it feels like you've put yourself out there, and then, like, he hasn't got back, and you're like, okay, I'm over here waiting for your it's call. It's true. Well, at least he knows that I was already saying that I was going to be back on Friday, because it's not like right. me, like, stalking him. See, I do. You're right. I feel a little creepy, because I put something out there and didn't get anything totally. in response. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I did it, because it's so out of character. For me, but it's well, yeah, no spread anything. Yeah, branch out. So exactly. Anyway, so the point is, my shrink told me I was wasting my time and money, which I guess is maybe true because if I guess if he felt I was wasting my time and money, by definition I was because he's clearly not going to be helping me. And that also, guy is a bastard. well, and also I have to say this. I have, and there's just no other way to put it. Here's here's my because I've gone to two male shrinks now and I didn't work out with either of them it, because. Because the weird thing, ah, nah, I don't even want to, no, 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 I don't want to say because it's going to sound weird. It's gonna, it's going to make me sound crazy. Well, we've already lost 25 minutes to business uh, my, cards and final thing. Well, here's my final thing about that is okay. I don't mean for this to sound how it's going to sound, but the, the having had two male shrinks. The weird thing about having a male shrink for me is, and I think it wasn't just first guy was both them. The weird thing for me having a male shrink is that there is almost this. God, I wish I could find another word for this. There, you want to like, like you want to please him, like make him. Is that what you're? What saying? do you mean by please? So Sarah? Like make him happy, like make him think well, you're okay. Well, I was going to say there is almost this weird. I was. I keep. It's not sexual energy. That's not what I'm trying to say. But but it, but it is almost that kind of weird, uh, like uncomfortable energy because though that's because I've learned that like with shrinks and I think because I had so many chick shrinks. That I just, that is, that's just what I do. It's like you bring him in and like, hey, look at me. I'm Rick Emerson. Aren't I the most fascinating patient you've ever had? Look how troubled I am. But I'm also funny. But mm-hmm. that's funny because I'm covering up I pain. find myself doing that with my shrink. And that's, see, but that's the thing. And so but I find myself doing it to guy shrinks as well. And then it's just weird because I realize that I'm in some weird platonic trying to, I'm in some weird thing where I'm trying to like platonically seduce my shrink, even though he's some guy who looks like Burl Ives. You know, well, so that's no good. Just want to be loved. Well, that's my thing. And like, but how stupid is that? Like, uh, you know. 
I mean, you know, there's people out there with real problems. I mean, well, my shrink doesn't love me, so which is just retarded. So that is the thing about having a female shrink to me is I find myself just trying to be like compelling. Well, I mean, if you're doing, the, you know, if you're doing the same thing with the male shrink, I mean, why not try for a female again? It seems like the men aren't really working out for you. I'm just giving everybody a few seconds of silence so that can be excerpted and used against me later. Okay. Hey, you know what? I have a huge pile of news stories here. And you know what's the most frustrating thing is that I have all these news stories, and some of them are like a month old, and they're genius and hilarious. And you know how people, when we have them, come in to read the news, can pick through them and pick out what they want? I do know what you're talking about. They haven't about. picked some of the greatest stories. So Excellent. I think we need to read some of these. Can I pick some for you to read? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let me do this. I'm going to do a little thing here, and then we'll come back on the other side. We'll have some news stories as selected by Sarah Dillon, Dorothy Carcassari, Scott Dowling, Top 5, Gordon Bobby. So without further ado, though, we're going to do something... Speaking of sexual confusion, is something altogether different. It's time for another exciting installment of The Greatest Songs Ever Made. I really didn't uh, pick this song to echo this whole conversation, but hey, what are you going to do? I can't help it if it flows. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> One minute and nine seconds. That's the mark you need to listen for in this song. One minute and nine seconds into this song. At that moment... At one minute and nine seconds, there's a sort of musical watershed, a cultural tide that finally breaks through and lets in all the rushing armies of exuberance, revelation, unabashed, jubilant exultation, and sex, of course. It's always about sex, or some combination of sex, repression, confusion, unhinged manic energy. That's what some people have in abundance. It's what adults all too often renounce, and it's what... Little Richard manages to convey with absolute crystal clarity in the non-stop overwhelming assault that permeates today's song. Released in 1958, the song stole its piano intro from Rocket 88 by the one and only Ike Turner and paired it to lyrics by John Marscalo and Robert Blackwell. But it was the voice, it was the unholy delivery that made this song famous. No one, not Chuck Berry, not John Lennon, no one, in fact, until Bon Scott, probably, put so much into every raspy, gravelly nanosecond. And no one, ever, before or since, made it seem as though you were listening to a very, very real, somewhat crazy, bordering on the brink of chaos, externalized human id in a mixture of salvation and sin. And the voice came from an artist just as layered, textured, confused, and unbelievably manic. Born in Macon, Georgia in 1932, Richard Penniman battled poverty, racism, and conflicted feelings about God, a struggle for fame, and his own long-repressed homosexuality. All of this, the sexual struggle, racial strife, hungry desire for material wealth, and the fear of biblical damnation that seemed to be an omnipresent threat, created a crazed persona that could scarcely be contained by the limits of the singer's voice, much less the grooves in the vinyl. And that vinyl held such a song. Years later, John Lennon would describe the scream that happened at the one minute, nine second mark. He said, it made your hair stand on end. And in that moment, though you didn't want to admit it, even to yourself... Elvis had been pushed aside. But that shriek at one minute and nine seconds is only part of the story. The rest is told by pounding propulsive piano, a groove so large that it single-handedly inspired no less than James Brown to enter the music business, and lyrics so direct they still have the power to shock. There was no mystery what this song is about. It was almost certain that the female described in this tale didn't have traditional sporting activities on her mind. So... Close your eyes and send yourself back more than 50 years to a time of repression, 
and of stifling blandness to a time when a young John Lennon sat motionless by the radio transfixed. One of the greatest songs ever made. This is Little Richard and Good Golly, Miss Molly. Rick Emerson radio program, uh, confidential to Adam uh, on the Internet. Uh, I'm not going to read your whole thing about an historic, a historic, because it goes on and on and on and on and on to the break of dawn. Uh, but it's, it's endless. So I'm going to skip all the way to the end. I'm just going to read your P.S. He has this whole thing about an historic, a historic, and because it's Greek and something or other, and how it, the aspiration of certain sounds and whatever. Um, but uh, he says, P.S., the plural form of an English word is often determined by... W- Here's the only reason I'm reading this. Just so we can get to the... It's this long... I'm not going to say it's rude, but it's very sort of uh, matter-of-fact and very sort of dry, this dissertation about why you're supposed to say an historic. It's only worth it if you know that there was like five paragraphs before this part. And then he says, P.S., the plural form of an English word is often determined by the word origin. If originating in Greek, the word may have a common Greek plural ending, A-I or E-S. If originating in Latin... The word may have a common Latin plural ending in A-E or I. That is why you cannot always just add the letter I to the end of a word to make it plural. Fool, it says in all caps. It's only worth it to get to the fool part at the end. Fool. Fool. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. How may I serve ye? Hey, Rick. How you doing? What's Frank. Up? Hello, Frank. I just wanted to say thanks. Well, thank you, Frank. The thanks is all on this side of the table. What are you talking about? Um, I won the Star Wars thing today. Oh, really? Are the the, uh, the Darth? The Darth Vader. Excellent. 
Good for you. That thing is fantastic. Zinn's got one of them at the front desk. It really is unbelievably righteous. Well done, sir. Yeah, I'm coming to get it now. All right, excellent. See, that, can I just tell you this? We got, we've given away, I, I mean, not to disrespect the uh, you know the Star Wars stuff from Things from Another World, one of our fine sponsors, tfaw.com slash Rick, but it, we've given away stuff that's worth, I mean, a lot of money, not that these armies are worth a couple hundred bucks, but still, you know, the stuff languishes in the prize clause for like 9, 10, 12 days where people come. We give away the Star Wars things, and literally people are at the front desk like 15 minutes later, like banging on the, like, I demand my swag, and so, yeah. excellent. All right, well, congratulations, sir. Uh, put it somewhere, and, uh, I don't know, ring it with, um, ring it with small candles in sardine cans and pray to it <laughs> twice a day. Yeah. All right, thanks, sir. All right, thank All right you. there you go. All right, yeah. That's One more. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, hey, I just wondered if I missed the Tom Savini interview. Oh. Oh. What happened with that? Thanks, Sarah. Here's what happened with that. Uh, let me introduce you to a little concept called the suck. Um, here's the thing. Tom Savini, who's a legendary makeup artist, uh, especially in uh, spatter slasher slasher horror films, uh, you know, all the, the original Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th uh, 2, and I think 3 and 6, and he did Creep Show and Dawn of the Dead and whatever. So I was all, like, cranked up. I got this big interview schedule with him, and it's very exciting, and they sent me the DVDs and this new Jason documentary he's hosting. So I'm all, like, very thrilled to do it. And I come into the studio yesterday. I get up at 6.30 in the morning, and they're saying that's early for me. I get up at 6.30, come in here. I'm all set up, you know, set up all the equipment, doing the microphone. And it's not, I'm not, like, bringing necessarily my A game because, you know, early in the morning and the caffeine hasn't kicked in and whatever. But, you know, I'm playing through it and trying to, like, you know, do the good interview. I finish it up like Tom Savini. Thank you so much for making a boy's dream come true. And I love you. And he says, I love you too. And then we have an awkward uh, a hug over the phone. And then he hangs up. And then I listen back to it. Here's what it sounds like. So, Tom Savini, a uh, legendary makeup artist. Uh, so, uh, tell me about designing the appliance that lets you put an arrow through Kevin Bacon's throat. Tom Savini. <laughs> CGI. So, that's it. So, um,. So that's unpleasant. And uh, James Robinson has done sort of a yeoman's job of trying to restore the audio. Not unlike when they go back and they, like, restore some lost print of, you know, uh, like uh, Heaven's Gate or something. So we might try to play part of that next hour when Scott Daly is here. But just between you and me, let's not now start confusing it in advance with something that's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Listen to the sad disappointment. Listen to the broken dream on the other end of that phone. I know I've let you down, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. Thanks so much. That's for the call. I appreciate it. Oh, and then that hang-up. Not even a goodbye. That's kind of jerky. You know, right after an hour talking about my shrink and how crazy I am. Thanks so much. For They're kicking you while you're down. Lemon juice right in the cut. Thanks so much, ass. All right. Let's welcome now to the uh, uh, Rick Emerson Show from Rock 101 KUFO Court and Fatboy. Hello. Jesus. So who's, whose fault was the uh, the uh, the bad audio quality? It was me. It was my fault. It's oh, okay. It was right. totally me. Because it's in... It's not an excuse. It's just I'm telling you the technical reason. It's in a room that I don't ever use to record stuff. Yeah. Well. And uh, and, I was, and uh, you know James Robinson did his best to walk me through it, and I just uh, I didn't quite know how the room worked. And every every room in this building is is a, a practical booby trap. Uh, I, yeah. I mean there's 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 no there's no rhyme or reason to way any of this is set up, and it is you're almost guaranteed to fail. Yeah. Trying I to mean, get something recorded from room to room is like Indiana Jones at the end of Last Crusade. You don't know what trap is going to try and cut your head off and yeah. render your your uh, attempts. And here's the thing: it's like I almost would have preferred it if the 
audio had just not recorded. Yeah. Like at the end, you look down and it's like, oh, I forgot to press, you know, the button or something. Because then it's like you, oh, and because then it's almost funny, like great interview, and then I forgot to tape it. Then it becomes like a legendary lost thing. Yeah. Now it's like a thing that is preserved. That's just crap. Well, I don't know. It's, it's sort of worth it now just for that last call. I well, I was I here. Was our, okay, tell me what you think about this. I was thinking about getting uh, some chick with a hot voice to come in and recite Savini's answers. <laughs> Sure, i be like, tell me, Tom Savini, what is it like to push the arrow through Kevin Bacon's throat? And she'd be like, well, Rick, let me tell you, before CGI, there was the practical effect. That's almost there. I think what she should say is just boobs, and that will be the entirety of her answer. There you go. Like, she have a hot chick, and then you ask all your Tom Savini questions, and uh, she... Boobs. Yeah. And then there's a ten share. There you go. Yeah. Done. Uh, hey, speaking of, uh, of geeks and geekery. That's right. Battlestar Galactic of the night, 10 p.m. Yes. Uh, battle uh, at the, uh, the Baghdad Theater. It is absolutely free to get into uh, because it's a, you know, a TV show and we can't really charge for that. Uh, doors are at 9. Get there early. Uh, and uh, tonight we have something special. We have uh, Mark Verheiden uh, is going to be in town. He's probably in town right now, actually. Yeah. Uh, and he is he's the writer of this particular episode. He's the executive producer of the show. He also uh, helps out with uh, Heroes as yep. well. He's uh, one of the guys running Heroes this, uh, this coming half season. Yeah. So, uh, and he promises that it's getting back to uh, how it used to be in season one. So, uh, it's back to basics. But he's, he's uh, I don't think he's a native Portlander, but he lived here for a, a while. He's from Aloha, actually. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, but he lived within blocks of the Baghdad Theater for many, many years. Excellent. And w- when he heard that we were doing this, he actually emailed us and said, hey, can, can I please come? And we're like, uh, yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> uh, so he's going to come up, he's going to hang out, watch a show in, in a crowd full of, you know, super fans, and then afterwards, he's going to walk up and, and do a little Q&A on the episode you just watched. Very cool. Yeah. Excellent. And this is supposed to be an episode where um, the the S goes down, and you'd better be ready, in the words of Cypress Well, because Hill. they know. I mean, they, like, they, they, what, eight episodes left? Seven? Something like that? Uh, uh, after tonight, there will only be seven but episodes I mean, so left. They know yeah. they got like they got to wrap it up. Like Things have to start being resolved now. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I know it's going to be ridiculously, seriously action-packed. Verheiden's told us that tonight is going to be one of those episodes where a bunch of stuff happens. People are dual-wielding guns like it's Halo 2 up in the middle of that battle star. Excellent. And, um... The funny thing is, you might not see a single Cylon. This might be all colonial and colonial violence. The kind that was hinted at in that Pegasus episode. Yeah. And then they, they, they cut away from it, and they left you on that cliffhanger yeah. in between seasons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I almost punched my television for the first time in my life after that. Um, all that sort of... Uh, that violence and that nastiness might actually uh, pay off in this episode. You ever notice that your violence noises sound a lot like sex noises? I Well, that's a, that's a weird thing you do. I... Wait, how do you know what my sex noises sound like? I'm just speculating. <laughs> That's I, a little creepy. I'm saying know. if you were to put you that... You probably need to keep it down, honey. <laughs> I'm saying if you were to put that noise in a lineup yeah. and play it for somebody go, what's this What's this? Maybe you should do an Insta poll. Is Bobby having sex or snorting? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, is he wrestling his television or is he wrestling his girlfriend? What What do you think? Anywho. Uh, so, uh, yes. So, um, and so forth. Hey, can I make... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. Yes. Can I make one... It is, the constructive Christmas view doesn't matter, but I'm just... Yes. It, 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 can I make one observation? Sure. Please do. Do you feel like there have been a couple... Not, you know, it's the minority, but the, the couple moments where... Um, I think recently there's been a few moments where almost needs to dial it down. Uh, a, a almost bit. has been overplaying. He's, yeah. been, he's been shatnerizing. And, a few and here's the thing that messes me up because I hate to say it because she's been on our show so many times. Both almost and uh, Katie Sackhoff playing Starbucks seem to have sort of lost their character the last four or five episodes. Like I don't know if they 
if they really remember how to play the character. I don't know if that's yeah. a, if, if that's a function of the writing, if uh, the characterizations have changed so much over the course yeah, of the show that I, they're not so familiar I with it. I think that's what it is, especially with Katie, where, you know, at the beginning she was this hard-boiled, you know, you know Marine or you know, pilot or whatever. Uh, and so it, her, her, it was very clear what her character was, was supposed to be. Now she's gone insane. She's, you know, right. been reborn. She's this maybe possible Christ figure, yeah. um, you know, and has seen her own dead body. I mean, she's kind of she's now trying to play somebody who's completely lost it and has no clue where she is in the universe. Although one of the most satisfying parts of the last episode was uh, the little confrontation between her and Gata. Yeah. Yeah. Old Starbuck came out in full force. Making fun of the fact that he lost a leg. Yeah. Seriously. Making fun of the fact that he's missing a limb. The verbal slap fight that went down between those two, you would have thought, by the way the crowd reacted, they were watching Rocky Three. Yeah. That's, that's why Starbuck's talking to Gata, and she goes, Gata, who again? Lost a leg. Got a, and, got a leg shot off because of her and her boyfriend, who happens to be a Cylon. Yeah. And she's like, so is this how you get your kicks? Or half a kick? You know, and it's like, oh, yeah. right And these things are, he stabs yeah. her with a valid point, and then she goes, yeah, well, at least I'm not a gimp. Yeah, which is like, which is great because it's not even funny. Like, no, she just right. goes right to the whole, like, boo, in the groin. Yeah. So. Right before she leaves. Yeah, I'll hit yeah. a nipple. So, yeah, go ahead. Try me. Excellent. I will punch you. So that is happening tonight, 10 right. o'clock. It is free at yep. Baghdad. Mm -hmm. And uh, you guys be there. There's going to be yes. uh, fun, a plenty, and yes. uh, food and all that. Yeah. 9 p.m. doors. And Get Mark there. Verheiden, the writer of the episode, will be there to answer your questions. And yes. he's told me that not only is he bringing a bunch of friends, he's planning on getting drunk. Yeah. Excellent. So drunk writers doing a Q&A at the end of tonight's Battlestar at the Baghdad. And uh, Chris Paddock and I will be walking in formation in our uh, Battlestar Galactica shirts. Oh, I know. I just well, totally so. called you guys out yeah. for being dorks. Well, like, I'm, what am I, like I'm not. I'm wearing... Look, no lie. I'm not... This is not... Like, I'm not sort of being overly broad about this yeah. or speaking figuratively. Aaron and Chris Paddock and I coordinated oh, the plan to no, wear Battlestar Galactica shirts. You wore yours last week, I remember, and they made you I swear wanted, on your life that you funny, couldn't wear it until tonight. Ken from the Coob showed up wearing his Frank well, yeah. shirt. I wanted, it's just the thing. I didn't want to wear it last week. I wanted, like, I'm all, and see, even now I'm all angry about it. I wanted to wear my Frack Earth shirt, my Battlestar Galactica shirt, to Jonathan Colton, yeah. which is totally appropriate. And Aaron, you can't wear it to Jonathan Colton. It's got to wait. And what? I said, I said, why? And he goes, we're all going to wear them to Battlestar. And I said, well, look, w you know, here's the deal. I can wear it and then, you know, wash it, and yeah. then I'll wear it the next Friday. He goes, no, but the first time you wear it, it has to be on Battlestar Day. We had, you can't wear it pre-wear it. It's not the same. This Aaron's yeah, voice is, is amazing. So I ended I up just wearing my... What is them not wanting you to pre-wear it? That is the weirdest thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I ended up wearing my Left 4 Dead shirt to Colton, and then, which is fine, because, you know, i got yeah. appreciative nods, and then I'm, I'm wearing it today. So everybody just get up my ass. Huh? Huh? I'm sorry. Was that disproportionate just now? No, not at all. I don't think so. In the <laughs> Sorry. All right. This is... All right. It's all because of the unresolved sexual tension with my shrink. So it's it's okay. Don't you worry about it. Hey, you you're doing it again right there. You're making a sex noise again. Hey, Sarah. Right. Sarah, are you going to be at Battlestar tonight? No, but I already I already told you guys. I promised, and I'm going to be at um, True Romance when you guys show that. There That's it right. is. That's next Friday. Yes, yeah. 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 I'm also going to be free. That's I am going to be free. To be Yes. No. Color me there. I'll be there. I'm doing, it's my friend's birthday party tonight, though, so I've got to do that. Okay, your color. And there. I can't watch it at the, in the land of the last season. I haven't seen any of it. Yeah. Sarah's got a bartender. She got to talk to tonight. So. Oh. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> all right. Court and Fat Boy Rock 101 KUFO three to seven. All right. Yep. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. There you go. Uh, all right. Let me uh, load up her theme here, and we will welcome our good friend Dorothy to the Rick Emerson program in just one second. Hold on a second. And I should have been prepared for this. I should have been prepared for this eventuality. Uh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. From the National Enquirer, America's finest and most trusted newspaper, our good friend Dorothy Casasari. It's been a uh, been a few weeks. You've been uh, you've been out and about, uh, busy and uh, gallivanting. Dorothy, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. A little hectic, a little harried, but uh, that's okay. It's uh, every every day above ground is a good day, Dorothy. <laughs> 
I hear you. No, it's been crazy here, too. You know, we have planes, you know, crashing into the Hudson River. Well, I think the last time we things. were supposed to talk, and I didn't even really know why, because here's the thing. We also talk uh, usually every day to Steve Kastenbaum, who works for CNN in New York, and Literally within about two minutes, I got these two big, all-caps, instant messages on my screen from Richie Bristol, the PA, and he's just like, Dorothy, canceled. Steve, canceled. You know, and, it was, and at that point, I knew that, like, something was something was going weird. So, yeah, it was right around the time I was supposed to talk to you guys. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I will actually say this, because it's been a little crazy on this end, too, that um, it's been so long since we talked. I'm not sure what we've talked about, what we haven't. So I will just put it to you this way. What is going on in the world of the National Enquirer? What do we need to know about? Oh, gosh, there's much well i don't know if you've seen our new issue yet but um we have this world exclusive about you know poor poor jet travolta i mean isn't this such a heartbreaking story about this this poor uh child is a teenager but um we have this new story this week where we basically have discovered that the nanny that john hired to care for jet went through a scientology drug program before the teen's tragic death now, what that is is this Scientology course called Drug Rundown, and it addresses the devastating mental and spiritual damage that can follow in the wake of drug use. Um, so they had this, this nanny on some kind of strange, strange course, um, you know, in terms of her mm-hmm. care of, of Jet. Um, and, you know, this is just such a sad, sad story, and we're just finding more and more out. You know, there's this extortion plot for this photo of him, which we've learned. You know, there's, it's been questioned what exactly is this photo. Um, there were different reports of different things. We've learned that it's a photo of Jet uh, wearing only a pair of blue shorts, and that's the photo at the center of this multi-million-dollar plot to blackmail John Travolta. So I... Th- I, forgive my my confusion. So I guess I'm Sarah and I are exchanging a sort of confused yeah, look at the yeah. moment. I, I don't understand. To whatever extent you you can, what is what is sort of the nature of this of this blackmail attempt? If you can if you can tell us anything about it. Well, basically, it's being investigated right now, um, and there's a lot of different things that have been going on with it, but. Um, you know, somebody had contacted the Travoltas and as part of this kind of extortion plot, um, where they have something. It, it wasn't quite clear at first what it was. It was if it was a document or if it was a photo, and they basically wanted the Travoltas to pay them X amount of money, you know, so that they wouldn't release right. it to the public. Uh. And to to be doing that in such a troubling time for the family is just so heartbreaking. Well, there's just so much weirdness going on with that story anyway. And I mean, and obviously it's the first time, you know, as soon as anything like that happens, any sort of big tragedy or event, you know, everything that comes out, it's all misinformation and half-truths and, and whatever. But there was just so much debate about that whole thing and about, uh, you know, did, did, the, did the medical practices contribute or didn't they contribute? Right. What, what was the real story and right. whatever. So it just uh, it just seems like there's a big ball of bad there happening somewhere. There absolutely is. Yeah. And if I can just add this one, this one detail, the ambulance driver uh, was actually arrested on the extortion charges on January 23rd. Um, and if, if found guilty, he faces up to five years in prison. So you have to kind of see how this whole thing unravels. But the Grand Bahama police chief is on top of this. They're trying to get to the bottom of this this horrible extortion mm. plot. Mm. Uh, and so in terms of the uh, the new issue, there's also uh, – I, I know there's some there's the Britney news and there's some Angelina Jolie stuff. Um, what else uh, – what's the other story that you would say is uh, capturing your attention right now? Oh, gosh, there's so 
many. Where do we even begin? I hate when you ask me that question because I, I have such a hard time choosing. And I usually, <laughs> tr- I usually try to go through the new issue and pick a couple of things, but uh, and I, but I also I don't want to I, I don't want to front as the young people say and be like I've read it front I've read it cover to cover because I actually am just so all all I know is this all there was just something that somebody told me about uh, it was something about David Duchovny and like the Miss USA porn something or other and it's you know really there's only there's a limit to how many times I can talk about David Duchovny and porn before it just starts to sound weird and homoerotic so. Well, David Duchovny, um, it's actually his brother that's been hooking up with this porn star. She's an ex-Miss USA. Um, and it's, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> Is but, that the expression? Well, you know what, and look, here's the thing. If you're, if you're David Duchovny's brother and you get busted with, you know, whoever, porn star, hooker in the future, whatever, it, it seems like you've already, like, David Duchovny has done the hard work. He's laid the groundwork uh, for your excuse. You go like, look, it's a genetic thing, and uh, you probably saw Dave was in the news. I have the same uh, chromosomal problem. I just have to hump everything. I'm my, sorry. It's uh, My brother's doing it, and yeah. so... Yeah, my, my Wellbutrin just isn't kicking in the way that it's supposed to. What can I say? So uh, Absolutely. Well... Uh, well, on that note, Dorothy, uh, I, it, let us uh, let us not have it be another four weeks before we share a phone call. I know, call. Uh, I know. We just have to stop that breaking news from happening, you well, know? Well, I'll do my, from your mouth to God's ear, Dorothy. So, <laughs> exactly. All right, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, you guys, too. Go. Dorothy Cassisari, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Hello, Sarah Dillon. Hello. <sighs> I'm glad that we could end on a more upbeat note, because that was kind of what? sad and creepy. Oh, with the Jet Li, or Jet Li, Jet Travolta? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> just in. Well, you know... Uh, I was I was going to ask her this, and I wasn't going to, but I mean, I've asked this before, and I don't mean to sound jerky about it. I really you, don't. You, you're wondering if there's something wrong with it. Well, that's a, that, that, I mean, there's just no other way to put it. When you see a picture of Jet Travolta, doesn't he look as though he has uh, some kind sort of, of condition. that he is a developmentally delayed uh, person? He really does. I, yeah, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it, I don't really care. I'm just it, here's the thing. It's just like it's conspicuous by its non-discussion. Well, they are also like crazy Scientologists, and they don't talk about stuff like that. Well, because because it's not real, Sarah. It's in your head. It's all made up. Like so they, they probably have never confirmed anything. Well, no. I mean, but it's like very. You know, it's like uh, I don't well, whatever. I mean, it's just you just look at it. It's clearly, something not uh, clearly something isn't is isn't isn't didn't really work out correctly there. So mm-hmm. all right, uh, Sarah Dillon, don't forget to join Sarah Dillon and our good friend Lisa Wood this coming Sunday for the debut of the Punk Show, yes, which is the Punk Show this Sunday seven to nine on Rock one hundred and one KUFO. Sarah Dillon, what sorts of music might you be playing for the people? Well, we're going to play all kinds of music, Rick Emerson. It's ranging. I don't know. Um, God, I I don't even want to like start naming them. Just just tune in and listen. We we have a wide range of songs that we picked from like early '90s, you know, like like pop punk to like really like old school harder stuff. We have some hardcore that we're actually playing. We're gonna play a little H2O, um, some off with their heads. Um, yeah, just just a bunch of stuff. Off with their heads, by the way. Who and I was really proud to be this guy. Cause see, I can never be the guy who's like, I found this great new band. I can never do that with you because every single and like I don't even try anymore. I know you were so excited when you came up and told me. I, there was two bands in a row. There was that band Blood Brothers, and I'm like, it was when I was driving you home from something or other. That was where yeah, Justin and I went on our first date. Really? Blood Brothers and Pretty Girls Make Great. That old, that, that long ago that you totally you knew about those guys? Yeah. Uh, so I don't even remember where. <laughs> that was I'm, in 2002. <laughs> I don't even remember where we were, but we'd gone somewhere, and I was driving you home, and I was like, I had, I was in my car, and I'm like, hey, uh, while we're driving home, listen to this great band I found, and you're like, who are they? And I'm like, they're the Blood Brothers, and. Like, I put it on, you were just like, yeah, I went to see these guys in, like, a basement, you know, with, like, six other people, like, ten years ago. And then... With... No, it was at the old Meow Meow. It was uh, oh, really? off oh. of uh, Grand. Yeah, that, that place is uh, that place is great. Is, death is it gone? 
Oh, it's totally gone. It's, so, been, it's been gone for like five years. I saw um, I saw uh, the queers and somebody there. Anyway, but um, it, it, but then I tried it again with off with their heads. I'm like, hey, listen to this great band called Off with Their Heads. They're like, yeah, I. That's who I saw in a basement at a party. <laughs> You're like, that's who <laughs> I saw him at a house party in Pullman. Yeah, it's I'm not impressed. And I was like, okay, but then Lisa Wood had not heard of them, and I was like, off with their heads, and she's like, I've never heard of them, and I oh, said, oh, so let me tell was, you, because we were playing the other playlist, I'm like, we have to play some off with their heads, and so I had played her a song when we were like sitting at this place, we were at a bar with like Wi-Fi, and we're mm-hmm. both like total dorks, we both have our huge radio headphones on with our laptops, like playing songs back and right. forth to each other to try and pick them out. Well, very cool. So, um, well, let's go into a break, and we get back. Uh, we got phone calls here. Richie, uh, can you do me a favor and uh, kind of go through these calls and see what see what the the folks are, are talking about out there? Uh, and then we'll come back. We'll get your phone calls. Scott Daly still to come. Uh, we will. Can we read a couple news stories. That you said? Yeah, here's what we got. We got we got news. We'll probably bump the top five. Uh, we got news to get to still uh, and uh, and so forth. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. This is Sarah Dillon. I was just gonna play a little ditty in the break. So this is like this is one of the songs that I'm sure we'll be making our list. We we downloaded like. About 1,600 songs so far. That's we haven't cool. had one show, so. Fantastic. There you go. Right, this is uh, all this is one of my favorite songs. It's crazy. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh. I'll never come Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. By the way, I did make a note to myself. Find ADD tests. So I'll bring it in Monday. <laughs> hey, did just you re- put it in your day planner? Because then you know that you'll find it. I did. Oh, hey, but guess what? Did you watch Black Santa's Revenge yet? 
Uh, no, because I'm not quite done with the Friday the 13th thing. But uh, I got a long, uh, got a long weekend coming up. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I just want to say, by the way, because I know everybody cares about this. Is that your day planner? I had to buy a new. I finally, well, because you know they quit making my day planner. And so I went to like three different office supply places yesterday, and it turns out that it, it wasn't really like just me projecting. They did, in fact, stop making my day planner. Uh, they no longer make it. And the one I was having, the one I was using, was just it, it wouldn't work. So I was obliged to buy a, wait for it, brown day planner. I mean, look, not like I'm the king of fashion or anything. I'm not like Mr. Blackwell or nothing, but brown. That's very it, brown. And it only comes in brown. That's the thing. <laughs> like, Here's what I don't understand. If you're going to make something in, you know, many colors, you're going to offer it in a rainbow of varieties, that's fine. Okay, here you have it in white, have it in black, have it in brown, have it in yellow, orange, green, blue, purple, and teal. That's that's fine. If you're only going to offer a product in one color, that color should not be brown. When have you ever gone to buy something that is not a piece of clothing and said to yourself, no, 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 does it come in brown? No, I, dem- I, no, I, I can't buy it if it doesn't come in brown. No, I'm sorry, sir, I'll have to pass over that. Brown is a color desired by nobody. Maybe you can color it over with a Sharpie. That's what... Okay, Lars said exactly <laughs> the same thing, and she was effing with me, too. So thanks so much. Because maybe you could just color it over with a Sharpie, hun. <laughs> if, seriously, if you're only going to manufacture the product in a single color, unless brown is somehow like... Like you got a bunch of barrels of it sitting around the factory and you got to get rid of them, just go for black, huh? I would also have accepted white, incidentally. Brown, not so much. Oh, all right, there you go. Uh, let me do these, uh, and then, then we'll do uh, some news stories. We'll do some news stories. We'll do the glorious bastard of the week, and then Scott Daly will join us. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello there. Hey, Rick, how you doing, buddy? What's up? Uh, not much. It's Dave, the spam a lot winner from last year. Excellent. Congratulations again, sir. Oh, you got to stay in that fabulous hotel. The win. Did you? Oh, you bastard. <laughs> Is it made out of win? No, 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 no. Made out of gold. Uh, hey, did you? Were you tempted to move something in the mini bar just to see if you'd actually get charged? Um, we actually did, and uh, the reminder came up. My wife moved it, and then I said, whoa, 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 there's a timer on that. You better put it back. So. Is it like an Ed 209 sort of, you have 10 seconds to comply? Um, it doesn't even have a timer. You just you just kind of have that, oh, put it back, put it back, put it back. Put, put the Almond Joy down. Tick, tick, yeah. tick, 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 ding, build. All right. How can I help you, sir? Well, speaking of my, my lovely wife, she was out with some coworkers last night at, uh, you know, Nightlight and Dots, and spent a little bit too much time, had a little too much fun, this morning came very, very early and vicious uh, to her as a worker in this uh, one of the few people still working. Mm-hmm. And she was going for the coffee going, you know what, I'm just not even going to go to work. So I went to the refrigerator and against her better wishes, she just goes, hey, you know what, I don't drink that thing. I don't, I don't like it. You're, I've tried it before. I go, no, 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 no. Try it. It's new and it will save your life. I handed her a Viso, Viso Dynamo. Nine minutes later, she goes, what the hell's in this? Started reading it. Plutonium. <laughs> but it's lovely plutonium. Twenty minutes later, she's on the road calling me. She goes, "That's just a miracle. It's the best stuff I've ever had." Go ahead and buy a case, dude. You save people. We always talk about you tear things down, tears relationships, things like that. You guys do great work too. So just just want to pass that along. All right. And so uh, this is drinkviso.com, the website to find out more about this. Absolutely, more of everything good. It is. I mean, I've got four hundred caps in my. I'm waiting for them to change their logo or do something a little bit better with their shirts. But I, I love the stuff. I don't think I go a day without it, and it just makes life better. It just does. Excellent. All right. Thank you, my friend. And you know what? I'm going to uh, be excerpting that and sending that along to our fearless sales department. Wow. All right. Thank you. You guys do good. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Hey, Richie. I know it goes without saying. Will you excerpt that? That just happened. Send that to my CBS account, please. All right. Attention, people who are not advertising. Your business is probably doing poorly. This is why. I've got an, um, an email from our beautiful black friend, Keelan. 
And he's just saying, to quote Mr. Emerson, brown is a color desired by no one. I'm Thanks, just, racist. <laughs> I'm just saying, in terms, look, I said give me black or give me white. Really, if anybody's going to complain, it, you know. Stop talking now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying in terms of a day planner, no one decides that. And look, Sarah, can I, look, can I ask your opinion on this? What do you think of this color? I kind of like it. See, really, honestly? It doesn't bug me. No, it kind of looks like, I don't, like paper. All right. To me, you know what it looks like? It looks like fake leather. It looks like they're trying to make a leather day planner, but like they don't, they, they haven't actually done it. So they've just got this weird, I don't know. It looks like when you buy it, like you ever got like a Hershey's bar and occasionally it'll be like a streak on the other, on the under, it's like it's tan. Like light, yeah. This, you, know, th- you know what this is? This is the color of tan M&Ms, which they don't make anymore. I don't think. That's the color of like fake leather shoes that you buy at Payless. That's what I'm saying. It's the color or of tan. Maybe a fine sponsor. I don't know. I, I'm sure they are. Okay, yeah. uh, it's, tan M&M is the color of this. It's not brown. I mean, it's not like a dark brown. Dark brown, I mean, I guess in terms of my, here's the thing, because I'm lame and so everything I own is black. Because that's like the default, like that's the color that can go, you know, that you do no wrong. It goes with everything. This is a tan M&M color uh, day planner. I like it. I would pick that over a dark brown one. All right. I hope that puts to bed any allegations of, you know, separatism. All right. Do you have news for me? Now, what is the, what is the criteria? Because you may have noticed today that we didn't have anybody joining us at the news desk, and it's because uh, we got all next week taken care of. We had this week taken care of. And I realized last night that I don't think we – somebody's going to be joining us next Friday, and I thought it was this Friday, blah, blah, blah. Point being, I got to yesterday, and I thought, you know, F it. We just got so much stuff to do, and we're so behind. If we have somebody in at the news desk today, we're not really going to get to them anyway. So I didn't want to waste somebody's time. By having somebody at the news desk. So today, it's it's just us uh, with no news person. But you have pulled some news stories, and mm-hmm. what's the criteria for these? Well, these are stories that I've, some of them have been in the pile for like a few weeks that people just keep not picking because I, I you know, whenever we have somebody in, I'm like, you know, I pulled her, I need to coughing up. <coughs> uh, because I pulled all these stories, I'm like, and you pick out whichever ones, you know, strike your fancy. And there's some that are so hilarious that I've been waiting for them to read and... Nobody has read any of them. So these are stories that have been a passer. These are like stories that are picked last for softball. Yes. All right. Okay. And I think they're pretty. I'll funny. tell you what. You know what? Uh, we'll put it this way. Uh, I've had this one since January 15th, and it was really funny. And why don't you do this? You know that news bed you were just saying yesterday that you wish we used? Yes. Why don't you fire that up, uh, and you hand me any story you want me to read, and I will do so. Okay, because I know that this is something that you would find really interesting. I will be the dancing monkey for you, sir. Okay. All right. Like for Grind the organ. Big story. Yeah. You Grind the organ. I'll do. I'll do a dance. All right. So here's one that I picked. All right. So this is a week and a half old. You hand me anything, I'll read it. Doesn't and I matter. really thought that I picked this one for you because I knew that you'd be freakishly obsessed. With it. All right. Here we go. I am now reading stories that Sarah Dillon has selected for me. I must now read anything she gives me. A primary. This is from the Telegraph. Uh, which is a UK paper. A primary school's pet chicken has astonished pupils and teachers by laying eggs the size of grapefruit. Yeah. Little Lil, an, unimagin- Lil? an unimaginatively named Colombian black-tailed cross hen, is the smallest of her flock, but regularly lays eggs measuring from 10, cent- uh, 10 centimeters across, more than twice the size of a normal egg. Youngsters at Rake Center Pupil Referral Unit in... Boy, they really know how to... Uh, they really know how to come up with names that inspire... Rake's Center Purple Pupil Referral Unit in Gloucester have been unable to measure the weight of the eggs because they exceed 8 ounces, the maximum their scales will reach. When pupils cracked open the latest oversized egg, they found a yolk, an egg white, and another small but complete yolk on the inside. Like a Russian doll. You know what that is? That's some Jason Crump egg that ate its brother. Um, 
The six-month-old hen has been laying since October, but once a month she forces out an egg measuring an eye-watering 10 centimeters by 8 centimeters. That would be like Sarah giving birth to something that is, let's see. That'd be like Sarah oh, giving birth to something that's... me? No, that. I would say three feet across by two feet across. Oh, no. Teacher Kate Farmer, 54, says, We've got four pet chickens here, and little Lil is by far the smallest and also the quietest. We were amazed when she pushed out something the size of a grapefruit. We couldn't believe it when we found another egg inside. Maybe she's a Russian chicken. All right, there you go. Story number one. What's next, Sarah Dillon? Story number two. Here's story number two that I read. This is from uh, St. Louis Obispo. San Luis Obispo Fire Department officials have ruled that a fire that burned a mobile home in San Luis Obispo was caused by a cigarette. The mobile home at South Higuera Street was owned by 68-year-old Bill Lewis, who lived there with his mother, Chessie, who's in her 80s. Bill said the fire, reported at midnight, was started by a cigarette butt left behind by Chessie before the mother and son left for a meeting at the county public health department to help her quit smoking. Nobody was, on. <laughs> nobody was hurt in the blaze, which threatened neighboring mobile homes in the Rancho St. Luis Mobile Estates Park. Uh, Department Fire Investigator John Madden. I say again, Department Fire Investigator John Madden said the burn patterns and initial photos uh, taken by passerby of the fire match Bill's account of Chessie Lewis uh, leaving behind a cigarette on a lamp. And so what you've got is the cigarette is put on... Uh, the bedside table here, and the ash is going to burn down to here, and then the fire will come around this way, and it's going to go right through this protective layer of the carpet, and then all of this uh, wood here on the floor that's very dry, Don, is going to singe, and then the whole place is going to burn up. And that's really what we've seen happen here in San Luis Obispo at this mobile home. Less filling. Next. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have this here from MSNBC. Again, stories handed to me by Sarah Dillon. I read them without question. Radio caller gets in crash. Atlanta. A pregnant woman known only as Allison told WXIA's Jill Becker and Karen Green what happened when she called into Star 94 Morning Show to confess that she had already broken her New Year's resolution. In the middle of the call, the show's host heard Noah, Noah, Noah. Quote, the words Noah came out of my mouth because that's the name of my baby and I was afraid uh, that something would happen, so I kept screaming, Noah, Allison and her baby are fine, but she admits her mind is not on the road. She said, I was caught up in being on the phone and not paying attention. Oh, so she was talking to a morning show. Yeah, so she was calling a morning show with her infant child. Yeah, don't do that. That's, well, you know, uh, well, I'll just finish this. Dr. David uh, Burke, a brain injury expert at Emory School of Medicine, says talking on a cell phone pulls your concentration away from driving and slows your response to stimuli like an oncoming car. That's why the reaction of drug drivers and cell phone users are similar. You're slow to respond because your senses are globally impaired, paired when you are drinking, or you're slow enough to respond because you're listening to the call intently on Star 94. <laughs> also... Just a little fun fact. I guess it's not fun. It's it's also, it's horrible. Uh, if you remember years and years ago on the show, in fact, uh, before Sarah was on the program, we had a long a listener who would call the show pretty frequently. And she was kind of, um, well, anyway, it was the whole thing. She had a whole persona, and she was kind of this sort of, like, kind of this sexy blonde girl that would call up and whatever. And she called the show one time, and actually, while she was on the phone, she was in a car accident because, like, a deer walked in front of her car. And everything was fine. She walked away. 
uh, and then literally like three weeks later, just fell over dead because apparently her heart had been punctured by a broken rib that happened mm. in that uh, call on the show. It's all very weird. Oh my god! Seriously, and I was—it's creepy actually. I mean, that's really creepy because we were. She was on the air with us when she was in the car accident, and she's like, "No, no, no, it's fine. No, it's just—I'm not—not not even a scratch." And then like three weeks later, she just fell over because of injuries sustained in that car accident. So it's weird. So it's like a weird like. Uh, it was a weird thing that I that I tried not to think about because it's it's just too strange because you think about like that you actually heard the fatal injury happen even though it didn't kill her for three weeks. Mm. It was very weird. That freaks me out because my dad was hiking uh, a couple weeks ago and he fell and broke a rib, but he didn't. Yeah, hopefully he wouldn't get it checked out. I actually did. We just got rid of the tape of the show. I didn't want to run. It was too freaky. Let's no. do one more and then we'll take a break. All right, this is the one that's it's been like three weeks right, and I loved it. Again, I am reading stories selected by Sarah Dillon. And also, after you're done, don't look yet, but please be looking at the mug shots on right. the second page. The headline here is IHOP, like the restaurant, IHOP out of my pants. January 15th, meet Consuelo Gunter. Really? Consuelo Gunter? I think it's Consuela. No, it's Consuelo. Oh, it's a chick. Okay. The 19-year-old was arrested early Sunday morning after she allegedly got liquored up and ran. I'm sorry, I kept it together. Meet Consuelo Gunter. The 19-year-old was arrested early Sunday morning after she allegedly got... There's certain phrases that are just funny. After she got liquored up and ran pantsless through an international house of pancakes in Wisconsin. IHOP workers told cops that Gunter, yelling unintelligibly, ran through the pancake joint with her pants at her knees. According to a Marathon County Sheriff's Department report uh, about the half-naked romp, a deputy found an intoxicated Gunter sitting in a running car in the IHOP parking lot despite the extreme cold. Uh, she was not wearing a coat, shoes, or socks. After failing a series of field sobriety tests, she was charged with drunk driving, disorderly conduct, criminal charges, uh, criminal damage to private property. Reached her to hand her cell phone. Gunter told a reporter she was in Mexico and did not want to run up her cell phone bill talking to a reporter. Ooh, that's an unfortunate looking woman. This is as though you'd taken an unattractive man, made his face out of wax. Heated it for some time above a candle and then stuck a woman's wig on top of it. Uh, Consuelo Gunter is a singularly unattractive woman who ran again pantsless through an IHOP. And knowing is half the battle. All right. Back after this with Scott Daly. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. Do you know his whole catalog very well? John, uh, Jonathan Colton? Yeah, maybe he has made one. You just haven't seen uh, it. Maybe. I mean, I, here's the thing about Jonathan Colton. We were just, I was saying during the break, I'm surprised that Jonathan Colton hasn't done a song about Lost. And then I thought, that, well, maybe that is sort of the proof that he doesn't watch because... It seems like he would have done one, and if you go to like, you know, like I, I don't use uh, iTunes, I use the, the the Napster service, but it's the same thing where it shows like the ten most downloaded, you know, songs or the ten most streamed songs or whatever, and you would just figure that a lost song would be in the top ten because here's the, because here's the thing, and I guess this is just sort of a, this is I guess this is good because we're kind of backing into this anyway, so. So there was this moment earlier on in the show when Sarah and Chris Paddock were talking about Lost, and I wasn't really paying the closest attention to it, mm -hmm. and um, I was a. Uh, 
I was just staring at the Internet. I mean, I could lie and say I was being productive. I was just looking blankly at the computer screen because I, I just didn't, I just felt so, I felt so lost. Um, I just didn't know what the hell was going on. And, and uh, so I was kind of being rude. And so Sarah had to very uh, brusquely say like, hey, and over here, there's a talk show you're hosting. No, no. And I didn't think you were being rude. I was just, I was trying to involve you because I knew that it was going to deviate into something like you guys talking about Left for Dead for 15 minutes. Yes. And I'm sitting here like. Yeah. Okay, and, I want to contribute something, and I have nothing. And I was just sort of glazing over and, and not being very. I was not being very. Uh, I was not being very invested in my own show, and so I was. Uh, well, lost is so com- like if you don't know it, it is so complicated to understand. Like you can't even try to understand. Like there's nothing to contribute because it is just so ridiculous. See, and that's my thing. And so then, so yeah, so during the break, I was like, I was apologizing for being a jerk, and I said, I just don't. And I made the, the point I made to Sarah. Is I said that to me, and I'm not saying the two shows are the same thing. So just. Mm. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying to me, it, talking about Lost is, in a, in a way, it is, it's like talking about American Idol. And here's what I mean by that. You remember that one day we did the experiment of talking about American Idol, and everybody in the audience hated it, mm. and it was like endless banks of calls, like, shut up, no one cares about American Idol. But the thing is, at, you know, a lot of people care about American Idol. It's a huge show. A lot of people watch it. So I was like, maybe we're missing out. Let's try to be relatable and talk about American Idol. And the audience did everything but storm the studio and kill us. So my thing about Lost is... Like, I almost feel like like we have to talk about Lost, A, because you watch it, which by definition makes it valid, because the show's kind of about us and what we do and whatever. Mm-hmm. Also because it's a big show. I mean, there's 20 million people or something watching that. But but Lost is also like American Idol in the sense that, and then Scott Daly can weigh in on this, Lost is like American Idol in the sense that there's people who talk about it, but then people who don't watch Lost... They not only don't want to talk about it, it's like it makes them angry. Sometimes they like actively loathe it. Seriously, but you know, because here's the thing, and I'm not going to name names, and I know it's just a fraction of the people, but during the Lost conversation, and don't get me wrong, we get this during like Battlestar discussions too, during Lost, I get these emails that are like, you know, hey, nice job talking about Lost. I'm going to go listen to Sean Hannity now. Bye. Which I guess is some mm-hmm. passive attempt to try to like control the program, which will not be effective, by the way. So... But it's just interesting that people are like, you know, you're talking about Lost. I am now tuning out and will never listen again. Which indicates that it's like Lost discussion seems to either really, really interest people or it just makes them furious for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't know. I just don't know. Scott Daly? Does it interest you? No, but but that's just because I don't watch the show. Okay. But, I mean, if you were a listener and you heard Lost, would you switch to Sean Hannity and be actually pissed off about it or just... Except that and I, I don't think I mean for dead talk. to me, even though I don't watch Lost, and I guess I guess I say this, and then maybe it's not always true because again, Sarah had to sort of uh, you know get my attention because I was sort of over like. And, and I think a lot of people are like that, and, and yeah, because I get equal amounts of emails saying like stop talking to Lost. The other people are like, oh my god, what do you think this meant? You know, I get actually more you know people trying to figure it out. Well, there's, there's, there's no middle ground, and I was going to say that even it is kind of interesting to me because it just sounds so absurd, but. I guess I guess maybe that maybe that's almost also kind of a lie. I guess I have to be honest that I wasn't I wasn't listening all that closely. But it doesn't make me angry. Well, even if you were, like you, it wouldn't make any sense. But the thing is, Lost is as, as much of this show as say Left for Dead or as Battlestar Galactica or Star Wars. I mean, it's part of the the pop culture that you guys talk about nonstop on this show. It's just one of those pieces. It interests some people. Some people it doesn't. Those people. I mean, do you get that same type of mail and response from people when you talk talk about Left for Dead? Um, I don't get people, I don't think I get people that are actively, I get people who say, they'll say like, you know, uh, you know, whatever, they'll kind of say like, well, this is kind of dull or whatever, but you know, in, in other words, people will say that like, it's not really their bag when we talk about zombies. Right. I don't think I get actual like hate mail about Left for Dead discussion, um, but 
uh, like we do about some things, but I will say that we get a small amount of that about Lost discussion, which isn't, but again, it's like 20 million people are watching that, so... It's I, a fantastic show. And it's like, I feel like I almost, like we, first of all, I feel like we have to talk about it because so many people are watching it. Right. And so many people are talking about it. I also feel like it's one of those things, I feel obligated to watch it as like work. And I know that I'm not trying to complain about the gig, but I'm saying... I almost feel like it's work, but I, I need to watch it for show prep because it's the next day everybody's. But then I go back in my own head like, well, but half the audience hates it. So I just don't, I don't even really. And at the same time, if you started watching now, you have a lot to catch up on. Oh, now. yeah. I mean, because I, I, I watched zero of episode of season four of last season. In the last three weeks, I caught up on all 14 episodes, and I was ready for season five. And watching last night's episode, or Wednesday night's episode, just, <laughs> I was like, what in the hell is going on? Seriously, right. it's right. just a, a, ba- a brain bender. Yeah, but it's really, really well done. I don't think I don't think that many of the 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 spirit or the core of the show is missing. As a matter of fact, it just keeps it interesting. You know, you could say, well, what happened to all these characters? New people keep coming and going. If this is magical island, where are those people coming and going from? But that's what keeps it interesting. Right. You have the same characters every single season or every single episode to get boring. Mm, really and they bad. can always add people into the mix, especially with like flashbacks and flash forward. And I love the flash forward effect. Mm. I really do because it's it's an interesting. It's, it's like you know, it's like the answers in the back of a math book you know the answer is there you know what happens but how did they get there you have to show their work exactly because you know that there's the problem because you know I've, I've read a lot of things about it and how they've written the final episode like so they know how it's going to end so it's true it's just like putting the equation together mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how it gets to that final point you know next season well so here's a, and I, I very rarely do this because we don't do like a color driven show but uh, yeah, I, we should maybe do an insta poll an insta poll and then here, let me ask you this so what do you think i was going to do an insta poll and then i also thought about this i also thought about just just because I almost want because I want to know, I almost thought about just saying like if the lost discussion like makes you angry, like I sort of want to know why, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if it can be ex- like I don't even know if people could explain it. I mean, it's not like we're going to stop doing people it. People get annoyed by listening to other people's ideas of what they think is going now, on. Yeah, but, you, but it's like. But you got to know that, like, nobody in the audience understands everything we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you talk about shows that I don't care about all the time, and, and it doesn't bother me. It doesn't the, lead me to anger. And, and we go the, right from Left for Dead to, like, Fiddler on the Roof sometimes. I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, we talk about a lot of stuff. So there's no really – there's no one person out there that follows or understands or is familiar with all the stuff we talk about. I mean, there's some stuff that mystifies – you know, everybody's got to be mystified by something we, we do. We don't even know what we're talking about. But it's like the lost thing that seems to strike a particular nerve with people. That's what makes Lost so much fun to watch, I think, and, and discuss with other people who watch it as well. Because you're like, what is going on? There's different theories. Like I heard earlier right. today, Paddock and, and Sarah talking about that woman who who captured Faraday and took him to the bomb yesterday, last night. It's like... Who is this woman? How, mm. why, where, why is that connection there? And it could be his mother. That's exactly what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, and it's too. just, and it's just, it's fun to talk about those things. And it's also fun as you're watching it, figuring out in your mind, and then talking about it or hearing about it on the radio. In this case, um, hearing other people think the same thing you are thinking. Hey, I'm right. I, I, I could be onto something. And that, that's that's a little satisfying. Let me just tell you one thing. I got an email from Siegfried. Uh-huh. And he has the greatest theory, and then I'm not going to say this because I didn't say this on the air. Let right? me give the phone number first, okay. actually. So well, we'll do this. We'll do, I don't know, something between a segment and an Insta poll. I don't know, something like this. It's 503-733-2970. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970, which I guess for lack of a better uh, description, we will simply call a uh, yay or nay. Uh, on the lost discussion, which doesn't necessarily mean we're going like, to ditch it or you know whatever. I'm just uh, more than anything, just kind of a temperature taking. I would, I would like to know kind of where people are on this because there doesn't seem to be any middle ground. So it's a five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. We'll kind of a quasi insta poll here on taking lost. the pulse of the audience. Yes, exactly, Scott Daly. But in the meantime, Sarah. Okay, so get this. 
So Siegfried was thinking about it, and you know how Desmond kind of seems to be like the constant, like he seems to be like the guy that it's all centered around. He's regardless, the regardless. constant for the whole island. He, he, exactly, it's yeah. the constant for the island. So riddle me this. Siegfried thinks that the baby that Desmond and Penny had, they named it Charlie. She yeah. thinks that they might be going full circle in time, and that, in fact, might be Charles Widmore. And Desmond and Penny might be Charles Widmore's parents. In a parallel, like, you know, in the time That's level. interesting. Isn't that That's interesting? That's really interesting, because cause they didn't say he was named Charlie until, until uh, what, like 40 minutes into the, the episode yeah. last night. And but then we met a young Charles Woodmore on the island mm-hmm. earlier when when Locke was like, and we knew that Desmond was uh, yeah, and that they were on that boat and oh Siegfried, I nice. know seriously that makes my head hurt. I can't even think about it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice job, Siegfried. Right, that's that's uh, kind of cool. Take some calls here. Hello, yeah. hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What is up? Hey, hey, you guys, mailman Brian. Hey, calling what in. do you got? Hey there. Uh, well, so as far as Lost goes, you know, I, I don't, uh, a bunch of my friends and stuff watch it all the time, and I'm talking about it all the time when we're sorting mail in the morning, and and quite frankly, I plug in my headphones and listen to uh, Dennis uh, Miller, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I can take it or leave it. I mean, you know, when you guys are talking about it on the air, I'm, you know, my mind is, I'm staring at the screen of my, you know, my work and letting things flow over me, so I mean, I can take it or leave it. Zombies, I don't really care about, but I, I enjoy the show in general. And, so even you if know, you're not into the lost discussion, you just close your eyes and let the dulcet tones of our voices wash over you like a warm wave. Uh, more like a salty bath. <laughs> Bye now. Well, I think I, I think, yes. I think he makes a really good point because a lot of people listen to the show. Me in particular, even the stuff that I'm not interested in or stuff I don't pay attention to. Right. I still enjoy because of the banter between you and Sarah or whoever else is in the studio. It's the dynamic of the show that really makes it work. It's my sexy voice. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? What's up? Uh, I'm going to say yay to the uh, Lost Talk. I, I personally don't watch it, and I really couldn't give a crap about it, but I know that I really enjoyed being able to call you and talk about the Shield and programs that I like. So there are people that do want to do it, and if it's fun for them to call, and talk about it for a few minutes. That's cool with me. So you're saying that we are—it's a big tent. We are the—we are the show of inclusion, and everyone has their place at the table. That's what I'm talking about. And when you guys go, you know, I don't change the station or anything, but I just kind of zone out, and then, uh, you know, knowing you, you'll be on something else about three minutes later, and then I'll. Thank you for making thank you for making my ADD work for you, sir. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Right. Thank you. Have a good weekend. The Rick Emerson right. shows show you can zone out too. By the way, that almost <laughs> enough right there alone is is enough to sell me on keeping it because his whole thing of like he's like I don't really care for the shield, but somebody does, and you'll be onto something else soon. So what do I care? Who am I to pa- who am I to pass? That's judgment? kind of the, that's kind of what I do too. Like when you know not the glazed overlook when you're talking about life or dead. Like that's just, you just kind of zone. It's just like life. Like oh, sometimes things just don't interest you. So, I mean, yeah, you do kind of zone out. But like when your think... girlfriend's going, and then like he was calling me the next night, but then I told him I didn't want to get back together. But then he was stopping by, and it's like he's so cute. But then he's just kind of he's a, he's a boy, you know, in a man's body. And I just, and you're like, uh huh, that's great. I wonder what Noah host has on special. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, I kind of feel the same way. I used to watch the show, and I actually called in and weighed in in the past. But I don't watch it anymore. Don't really follow the conversation. But you know. Interesting to listen to. Say la vie um, to each like his own. At some point, but, you know, not too bad. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. Thanks. All right, there you go. We'll do a couple more, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello there. Hello, everyone Hello. in Emerson land. Hey. Uh, hey. I don't watch Lost myself, but I have relatives that watch it. So when I hear your little things, Sarah, I can uh, tell them what happens before they've watched it. <laughs> so you can act like you're involved. <laughs> yeah. You can, you um, can feign uh, 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 like a, a, an affiliation with your own culture. 
Exactly, sir. Um, you guys should start a Fringe watch, though. Have you seen Fringe yet? No, see, that's another I one of those shows that I'm supposed to. Of it. Uh, I, I liked it, but didn't love it. Yeah, I haven't done Give it another chance. Okay. Give it a chance. Okay. I gave it a couple episodes, and after, like, the second or third try, if I'm not into it, it's done. All right, is there oh. a parking dog somewhere? It's my three-and-a-half-year-old son. We're oh. both homesick. So, We're having fun. So, so sorry. Rick Emerson, <laughs> Rick Emerson regrets the error. That's all right, sir. Thank you. But don't forget, Rick day, loves guys. kids now. I'm an ass. All right, thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> it's my sick kid in the background. Thanks. I thought you had a new look. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> quiet! Son of a bitch. You be quiet. Wow. Wow, boy. That was just a big fumble right there. Maybe that was a little Emerson in the background. What should we do now, Sarah? I think break. <laughs> We're breaking. Back after this, uh, we'll talk more to Scott Daly. We'll talk about the upcoming Booyah Awards. Booyah Awards. Yeah. And uh, we'll spend a few What's minutes. the most bitchin' poster ever. It is oh, really yeah. righteous, by the way. Uh, we'll spend a few moments with Kristen Bowie, talk about musicology this coming weekend. And I swear to God, I was going to read the Glorious Pastor of the Week. I just don't know where it went, so I'll find that. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Greetings and salutations, uh, guy. I'm sorry. Greetings. Good job. Shut up. Greetings and salutations, Rob Coelho from Portland. You, sir, are the glorious bastard of the week with all the rights and privileges that that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you have won the most righteous thing in the history of Rychonia. You, sir, have won the Kotobukaya Star Wars Luke Skywalker vs. Darth Vader statue 30th Anniversary Limited Edition, valued at $200 from Things from Another World. You can find out more about this statue and others in the Kotobukaya Vinyl Star Wars statue universe from Things from Another World's website, tfaw.com slash rick, tfaw.com slash rick. You're also on the... Wow. You've also won a big ball of fail from the mouth of Rick Emerson and the envy of your fellow man because, yes, sir, this week you are, in fact, just a little bit better than everyone else. Congratulations again, Rob Coelho from Portland. You are the glorious bastard of the week. Don't forget to sign up to be a glorious bastard at 970.am. Eat snacky smokes. All right. Hello, Scott Daly. Hi. Hello, Kristen Bowie. Hello. All right. We are now in the uh, saddest uh, part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, we will speak with uh, Kristen Bowie of Musicology fame in just one moment. Scott Daly. Uh, yes, sir. What to my wondering eye should appear but a fantastic poster for the Booyah that Awards. That is right, my friend. Thank, special thanks to Jason Crump of Vanished Twin, who photographed Aaron and myself, and then Bobby Fatboy Roberts of KUFO, uh, who put together the poster for our second annual Filthy Radio Booyah Awards. We need to get one of those records half my face and half. Sure. Oh, that was a great idea. You, you guys, this is this is the, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, and not just because my face is on it. It's face off. Uh, it's right. It's a, it's, a, it's a direct inspiration from the film poster of Face Off. I was really it's hoping just, that... Just cheesy as hell. I just actually bought that at CD Game Exchange about a week ago. I love that movie. Well, somebody was telling me that they were doing like a Face Off thing with you, a Face Off knockoff, if you will, for you guys, and then... Uh, I was thinking it was either going to be this or uh, or Aaron laying in his underwear on a bed uh, waiting for uh, <laughs> waiting for Daddy to come home. So, well, all right, but yeah, I, you know, one of the two. February twenty first, uh, the Saturday night before the Oscars at Cosmic Monkey Comics, uh, we will be hosting our second annual Booyah Awards. And I know everyone in this room came to our first annual Booyah Awards. Sure did. Had a great time, so I'm hoping we can replicate that. We get more and more who people. Who was the really drunk person last year? Uh, yeah, who that was, was that? Uh, really Kimmy or Richie? Richie well, and Kimmy. Well, that was when Kimmy and Shelley met. 
That's oh, the magic, that's magic. Right. Yeah. Because remember the next oh, episode, like, magic began. Who was that redheaded girl that he was that. making out with? And then, so. uh, yeah, Richie was very drunk that night too. So, but we're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, Cosmic Monkey Comics is uh, is, is graciously is graciously uh, offered their their space. We can move stuff out of there, make it a very big big spot. So more to come on that. Uh, if you want to see the poster, check it out at um, myspace.com, my MySpace page, and Film Fever Radio MySpace page, and it's starting to pop up other places as well. So Excellent. it's pretty sweet, pretty righteous. So where is the comic place? Uh, Cosmic Monkey Comics is five three three five Northeast Sandy. Boulevard. So we will talk more about that in the uh, coming weeks. And we're going to have lots of awards. Kristen Bowie, this coming uh, Sunday, 7 o'clock, Musicology, Kristen Bowie, Adam Thompson. Yes, um, we, well, Buddy Holly's plane crash anniversary is on Tuesday. Yes. So we're going to be talking a lot about artists who are legends because they died in their prime. Fantastic. Um, and also, we're going to have the Exploding Boys in. The Exploding That's Boys cool. are great. The Exploding Boys, who I've seen a couple times, they're a Cure tribute they're band. Fantastic. It's really yes. good. They're they're really I've good. seen them live, and I'll personally vouch for them. They're great. People were dancing in the streets yeah. going nuts over them. So they're really good. They're yeah. going to be our halftime show. Since we have the big game. The oh, that's big right. Game. Oh, the big yeah. game. That's right. <laughs> so when you say you're going to be talking about artists who died in their prime, is this going to be, um, I mean, obviously you got the big ones, but I mean, is it is it going to be, wait, if you can give us a little window into the sorts of discussions you're going to be having about this? Well, I mean, it goes from everything from starting off with Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, the Big Bopper, then we've got Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix, um, Kurt Cobain. Here's the thing. I'm just going to throw this out there. There's a little idea. Don't feel compelled to do this because I said so. I'm just saying. I was on a message board a while back, and there was a great discussion going. And it was basically the thre- the discussion on the message board was, look, you know, you have a band you love. We're not wishing them any harm. But what would have been the ideal time for your favorite band to die, to Ooh. become immortal? <gasps> like, if your ba- like if your favorite That's band. That's true because sometimes, most of the time, most bands go beyond that point, yeah. and they just start going downhill. Like so. if Guns N' Roses had plane crash between Appetite right before Lies comes out, even more immortal than they are now. I mean, even more legendary. They would have been around forever. They would have been like the sublime of rock. Better right. to burn out than to fade away. So, Kristen Bowie, uh, what would have been a great time, not that we don't love them, but what would have been a great time for one of your favorite bands to die, just in terms of, you know, the legend? I would say probably Weezer after Pinkerton. Well done. Yeah. Because, because that was sort of a...